Hello. Before you get stuck into this episode of Zapped to the Past, we have another correction to make. In the awards episode, I said that Steve Erickson was on the Retro Fusion podcast. That's quite tricky, as far as we're aware, that doesn't exist. Steve is actually a presenter on the Retro Asylum podcast, which is an excellent podcast, and I can't actually believe I got that wrong. So yes, it's another 100 hours of Brian Bloodaxe for me to enjoy. With that out of the way, we hope you enjoy this next episode of Zapped to the Past. Hello and welcome to this episode of Zapped to the Past. My name is Adrian Mills and I am joined as ever by Graham Raddings. And if you don't know and have not listened before, this is a podcast where we talk about games that were released for the Commodore 64, whilst also taking a brief look at what was going on in UK music, film and TV back in the 1980s. We are using the magazine Zap 64 as a monthly guide for the games to focus on, but we are in no way affiliated with Zap64 itself. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the games reviewed in issue 9 of Zap64, which was the wet and rather sunny month of January 1986. So Graham, tell us what we can expect in this episode. Good lord, this is a spicy meatball. We go from full-on techno scavenger with Coronas Rift to cave diving with Hero of the Golden Talisman. Along the way, we hunt treasure with the Goonies, get into mischief with School Days, get a bit stabby with Fighting Warrior, and get lost in a maze with Robin of the Wood. We also bleach our eyes at the Birdman Bulge of Metabolis and develop a nervous twitch with the noisy Chimera. Mm, That's good, good, good. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it already. So let's crack on. And our first game this month um, is another release from Lucasfilm Games. Uh, And that release is Coronas Rift. A big, a big scorer in this issue of Zap. Got 96%, 1% off what they would class as a gold medal, I guess. Uh, but yeah, a big, a big game. Um, another standout game, probably, from Lucasfilm after their last title, Rescue on Fractalis. Um, and this is quite similar, I thought. It has nothing to do with the uh, cover of this uh, issue of Zap, so I don't really know if we need to mention that. It's uh, it's their Christmas issue. They've called it the Christmas issue. It's January, hmm, the Christmas issue. There is a, the little computer people in Rockford and the Royal and thing. They're all by the fireside playing Commodore games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It's a bit creepy looking. The guy on the computer, I have to say. What, the little computer guy? Yeah, he's just a bit creepy. He's got very rosy cheeks. And an enormous nose and top lip problem. (laughs) But uh, I don't think he has eyebrows in his mouth. It's just weird. He's a a bit weird looking, that guy. Well, maybe he's just a bit freaked out by whatever the hell Rockford is kneeling behind him. Why didn't I think of putting one TV on top of another TV when we played two-player games? Why didn't I do that? Anyway, he doesn't matter Because it probably now. wouldn't have been safe. Those things weren't straight. They weren't flat. They're, they're, that is they true, They generally yes. had a curved top. They're rounded. Top, maybe. 
I don't know. Was that, Matt that actually, is no, true. Matt was a box. The Ferguson was a box, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. So that yes. would have been... Funny enough, it, funny enough, that Christmas was the year I got my colour TV portable. That was the Christmas I got a colour TV. So it's ironic, really, that that's on the yeah, colour. Yeah, it is. I'm not sure if I got mine that Christmas or the year before. It all blurs into one back then. It was, it was some Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think it was the year before, because I said we had Black Hawk by then. And I don't think we had Black Hawk in 1985. A game known for its massive amounts of colour. Green and blue. <laughs> Standard. Lots of green at sea and earth. <laughs> lots of green and blue. That's what we like. Anyway, none of this has anything to do with Coronas Rift. So no. let's talk about Coronas Rift here, because that, obviously that's what we're, we're here to talk about. So what is Coronas Rift? It similar in tone. It, well, okay, let's go back. Rescue and Fractalis. You visited a a brown planet, um, and in Coronas Rift you visit a grey planet, uh, a very grey planet. So this is a well, I've, it's a, it's a it's brutally hard. It's really hard. Let's not beat around the bush here. This is a hard game, but it's a. An, I find it quite engrossing. I don't know what to call it really, like a planet explorer, scavenger hunt, scavenger hunt type thing. You are a. There's a. There's a whole sci-fi backstory to this about the ancients and how they tested these sort of technological marvels on this planet, uh, and then they just left them there to rot, and then they wiped all knowledge of that planet from uh, from the space records. And then what? The planet Coronis. The planet Coronis, yeah. And, and everyone whispered about it in hushed and awed tones around, you know, campfires on, on, on strange planets. Have you heard of Coronis? Yeah. <laughs> you got any correct? Like they do when everyone talks in whisp- <laughs> hushed tones about mysterious planets. Yeah. They, I do that all the time. A, absolutely, sort of thing. Have you heard of 1XA24? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as P65. <laughs> don't, we don't talk about that here. We don't talk about that don't, here. Shh. <laughs> You're not. You're not speaking hushed tones. Oh, you're talking about Coronis. <laughs> That's the point, actually. Is it Coronis or is it Coronis? In this climate, it should not be Coronis. That's true, actually. Because it's you know it's a bit too close to home. So it's so, so we're going to call it Cor- Coronis. Coronis Rift. Cor- Cor- it sounds better as Coronis Rift. It does. It? But Coronis maybe we go Rift? with Coronis Rift. <laughs> let's st- let's, yeah, okay. let's let's harden the different vowels. <laughs> Co, 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 uh, anyway, Coronis Rift. So this is a planet that's been wiped from all the star charts, and you happen upon it, travelling through space as you do, um, and you you can't you can't you know according to the blurb you sort of you're looking for and you go oh what's there's a planet there, you go down and you start to explore. So you start to understand that this may be the um, legendary Coronis Rift, uh, cor- planet Coronis uh, that is made up of essentially twenty rifts, essentially twenty areas. In these areas are space hulks, which you can scavenge for better part. You can then take them back to your uh, your main craft and then go back up to your main spaceship, which is hovering in low atmosphere. Uh, and you can essentially just see if they're worth worth a lot of money or whether they will improve your ship or your craft, your sort of your scouting craft for the planet. Because you're going to need them because on the planet... There are the Guardian Sentinels. These are space spaceships of varying hostility and colour that zip around that will at any point just turn up and stop you from leaving the planet, scavenging hulks, and so you have to deal with them by shooting them. That's the game. Go around, scavenge hulks, improve your craft, kill stuff, and then go through the 20 rifts. At the end of the 20 rifts, there is the the Guardian... What's it called? The, something the Guardian... Create a place. What's it called? I don't know. The Guardian, Guardian oh, Central, the Guardian Hub. I don't know. Fleet Street. Yeah. So, and essentially, that's where all these Guardian Sentinel spaceships come from. If you blow that up and you destroy that, you then have free access to the entire planet and riches and wildness beyond your craziest dreams. All right. That's the plot. That's the thing. That's what this is. So, 
Like Rescue on Fractalis, this is driven by Lucasfilm's sort of fractal engine, where the graphics are created from a, a very procedural fr- fractal, uh, fractally generated engine. But in this te- in this case, it's actually solid. You can map this. This is not randomly sequencing stuff in front of you. This is recognizable landscapes that you can traverse and map uh, for each rift. And so, yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's technically very impressive. I thought it really is impressive. It's a it's a very smart 3D effect as you you know you move through these planets. And what I you know things I like about it it's all controlled via the joystick um there are no keys you know this in in the hands of lesser developers there would be keys aplenty but lucasfilm do very very cleverly sort of thing keep the entire thing joystick driven with some you know nice and easy and it's pretty easy to actually navigate around once you get used to it um you essentially you've got a crosshair you've got so the main screen is split when you're in game you've got the view of the actual landscape in front of you and at the bottom, you've got your modules. At the top, there's your uh, you know radar scanner and health bar, or sort of you know stress, uh, shield strength screens and all this kind of stuff. You push the joystick to the top, uh, push the crosshair to the top, and it'll start you moving forward. You pull it to the bottom, and it'll stop you. If you're at the bottom of the screen, at bottom of your viewpoint, and you press the fire button, that takes you down to your lower layer where all your modules are, and you can redo stuff. You can go to your ship and all that kind of thing. It works pretty well. In the confines of you know one stick one button, I don't know how they could have done it much better really, and that's it is quite good. But like I said, it's very hard because explanation of anything is minimal to say to say the least. Does you this is yep. a game where you've got to try and figure out what the hell what the hell does what when you pick these modules up from the hulks, each one has two symbols, and so I went and had a look at the um, at the manual, uh, and the symbols relate to a. A thing on your ship, so radar, a gun turret, shields, power generator, that sort of thing. The other symbol, the other icon on these modules, relates to the type of, um, I think it's the type of Hulk or the type of sort of style of thing that sort of created it. So, And there's all kind of different ones, and not all of them are in the manual. Some of them are not even there, so you're kind of trying to figure out what the hell these are for. So you might have shield, like the first thing you pick up is a shield, gener- uh, a better shield that comes from the plant generators like what what the hell is this and so you've got to try and work out is that better or do i just sell it do i do i go back up because if when you go back up to your spaceship your droid cytron or cytronic whatever his name is is sat there waiting for you um and he's a very very well animated droid who will punch some buttons and scan stuff and tell you how much it's worth and put it back in and off you go again you can you know you can Pick and choose which modules. You've got six spaces at the bottom for which modules you want to include. And they improve your chances of taking on the uh, the Sentinels because they, by Rift 2, they start to come in pairs. And it's quite tricky to shoot them because they don't go down in one shot. So you need better weaponry, better shields, because they will attack and they're, they're brutal. They're, they're aggressive, to say the least. Did I enjoy this? I think I did. It's because it's it's unwelcoming, I think is the word. You know, it's it is it feels like going down to an alien planet. It reminded me of the opening sequences sort of thing to something like No Man's Sky, where you're kind of on a planet and you've just got to explore and pick stuff up and try and work out what the hell's going on and improve your craft and all that kind of stuff. It's, the pre- it's like kind of a precursor to those kind of scavenger, uh, scavenger planet kind of uh, kind of games. I don't know what what did what did you think? Um, I've sort of waffled a bit there, so go on. I thought it was clever. I thought it had a really nice kind of it's it's a really clever sci-fi kind of scavenger hunt. I like the fact that it had a nice rooted science fiction base. This is a lot of backstory to it, so you need you get that buy-in. It's it's got a kind of developed a nicely envisaged and explained sci-fi world that the game lives in with the the Cronus Rift and the 
the fact that it's this legendary place and there's all these things going down you got and that whole world is nice and the graphics well it's a very clever advance of the sort of LucasArts procedural generator so that's quite good nice clever leap a bit of a technical leap as well so it's got you know it's got a lot going for it the graphics are when the, the robot graphics on it's nice and big and bold and you get plenty of information visually it's very compelling in terms of its story the main problem i have is the game itself is dull <laughs> it's just dull it is. It's just kind of a grey, pick things up. It's a bit like being a digital womble, just wandering around, <laughs> picking stuff up. Is it useful? It might be, I don't know. The game gives so little away that it's hard really to... You have to really, really remain focused. And, and, it, and it, don't get me wrong, it's it's dull because it's it's it keeps you at quite a distance from the actual game until you get further in, if you start to build up your, your all of your various parts. But you've got a lot of part collecting to do, and because it doesn't give a lot away, you've just got to kind of. It's a bit. Tr- it feels. It felt a bit trial and error, mm-hmm. which I suppose is kind of part of it. And I think had I had I had more time to sort of really engage and explore it, or had I, as I might have done in, when I was younger, I would have probably given it a bit more credit. This time round, however, because I quite liked it originally, I never played it a lot, but I had I had it. It was always in the disc box at the back, Chrono's Rift. It was always kind of oh. Oh, I don't know if I want to put it on or not. So every possible way this game is clever, except the way that it engages you as a player, which I think is kind of a bit of a barrier, unless you're willing to really just go and let it go and persist and buy into that world. And that, I think, just takes t- more time than I had with it. So I find it dull this time, but it unfortunately, it's also just, I don't think it's a game I would have, I, I repeatedly went back to. And even back then, I think I, it was, like I say, it was a back of the disc box. I had it for ages. Every now and again, I'd load it up. I'd get as far as that robot filtering through stuff on the old conveyor belt and they'd be like, eh. So I think there's, in there, there's a great game. I think it just, these kind of LucasArts games, they're just not quite there for me. I much prefer the, the sort of the next wave, really. Uh-huh. The, so when they go out of this procedural games and they go into your Maniac Mansion and your Zap Cracker, and that's where the, I feel that the Lucas game, LucasArts games really speak to me. However, that's not to be, to say that Coronas Rift and Forrester and Fractalis and the other games that use this kind of procedural generation sort of thing um, aren't, they're clever and down there to appeal to somebody because I'm sure they do. I just found it a bit grey and boring, I'm afraid. I would recommend people go and try it for a length of time, though, longer than I did. I gave it as long as I could, but I think if I was being fair, I would have probably spent less time on some of the other games that for some reason I can't explain. I'd be playing for ages and more time with this one. Perhaps I would have benefited from that, but just I felt it was a bit dull. I, just, I don't know. I mean, that's that's fair enough. It is. I mean, it is, it is a dull grey planet which sees you, you, yeah, wand- that's, you, know, you know, that's all good. wandering around it sort of thing. And, and I don't I don't think that's a, a wrong view to have. I, I think I can completely no. understand that. Well, the way I th- kind of ratified it in, in my mind was I don't you don't go into the film Alien expecting Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So you don't go in because Alien is that landscape. It's grey, it's windy, it's the, pl- the, you know, the spaceship lands on the planet. You know, they get out, they're exploring, they don't quite know what's going on. And, and it's all windy and rainy and horrible weather. And it's what it isn't is lots of multicolor spaceships flying around and Millennium Falcons. And Coronas Rift isn't like that. Coronas Rift is very much the alien world. Reminded me a bit of Mass Effect. I don't know why. I was getting real Mass Effect vibes off it. Yeah, I suppose when you're in the um, when you're in the Mako driving driving around yeah. on a planet. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think I gave Mass Effect. Obviously, it was much further down the line. But I gave Mass Effect a lot more time, and so I enjoyed it. And I think if had I done that with Coronas Rift, I probably would have. It would it wouldn't have been quite as dull. I think that's maybe I've been a bit unfair. I think maybe it just. I think it's a great game that needs more time it, to read. It, it doesn't dull. engage with you. It doesn't engage with you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and I, and I can no. completely understand that viewpoint. I again, this is one of those games that's doing something a little bit different. 
for the time mm. it's you know it's it, this you know there's not a lot of these kind of especially not to this technical level when we consider other sort of 3d games that are around at this time that are doing it you know they're doing anything like this and there's there's a quite you know there's like you said sort of thing there's a lot of sci-fi backstory to this there's a lot of sort of thought obviously clearly gone into it and technically it is it is nice sort of thing but i think they've they're committed to a certain thing and it either drags you in or it pushes you away and, and i think i hate to call it a marmite game because i don't like really like that term but no no it's not marmite but this i think this does almost like that it's like you're either going to be dragged dragged into it and be like oh, i'm wholly into this and i love it you know like a lot of these kind of games do or you're just going to be like uh it's just too a bit too barren and dry Mm. Um, and I completely yeah. understand that. I, I you know, I, I did enjoy my time with it, and and I did. I, I didn't get very far because it's just very, very hard. But I, it I, is hard. I, I felt myself wanting to get further into it and trying. You know, the problem I had with it, one of the one of the issues we had with it, sort of thing, is that I'm I don't mind a little bit of mystery. You know, when you can't quite figure something out, but when there's there's so little in the way of interface. When you get him to analyze something, all he does is he just goes, "It's this much power, this much efficiency." And it's worth this much, and so you're kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But is, is that any good? And what does the other icon mean? And what does that? Yeah. And, and and so trying to figure out anything just felt a bit, like you said, a bit trial and error. I think that's that's a good spot. It is, you know, I would recommend it. I'd say go and play it. Yeah, yeah. But be prepared to be prepared to for this to keep you at a distance until you know, and you'll either fall into it or you won't. And I don't think. You know, it's not yeah. like most. It's not like most games at the time, and I think that's probably why. Mm. What you know, I would say, I can see why Zap loved it because you know, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Because I think it does deserve what you know for when it was reviewed and what they were looking at at the time. I think I can completely understand that. But yeah, it is a it is a game that feels purposefully oblique. Yes. Similar in a way, I suppose, something like Scarabaeus. Yes, yes. There's, there are there are thematic, somewhat, I know it's technical thematic similarities, I yeah. suppose, the idea of, you know, you are, it's quite a lone, lonesome game, yeah. isn't it? It's a bit like, Rescue and Fractalis is kind of the same. It's a bit kind of, yeah, a bit lonely, yeah. a bit of a lonely With old Scarabaeus, game. Scarabaeus, um, you know, you get, you get glyphs and you're wondering what the hell they mean. Mm. In this, you get icons and wondering what the hell it is. Similar, mm. similar you know, and like you said, sort of yeah. nice, nice 3D effect, technolo- technically very clever. And, and you know, Very. And, you know, and like like that, you know, fully joystick driven, pretty much. But yeah, it's credit for It's good. It's good. And uh, mm. but you know, it's a it's a it's a toughie to love. It's not. Yes. It's, it's not. You know, bit of tough yeah, love. There you go. There you go. So, Cronus Rift. Uh, that's our view on that. That's up to the past. Definitive opinion on that, which is kind of not very definitive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go play it. That's yeah, just best, play it. Best, it is, you know, that, we would say Go to play, play it. it. Yes, I think that's right. Put a bright light on afterwards for a while. <laughs> you might get SAD playing that game. So much grey. You know, you're gonna actually it drains you with vitamin D playing it because it absorbs <laughs> it into your Commodore 64. Uh, maybe that, uh, that's why the little computer people on the cover has got a very red cheek. It's got a, such a red shiny nose <laughs> let's move on still getting weird all right that's that's greatest rift let's move on to our our next game which is uh the 8-bit version of the film goonies yeah goonies we talked about this film wise like what was it a couple of issues back or a couple of episodes back wherever yeah, it was it came out around going. christmas time graham what did you think of goonies the game so let's, I mean, the film, it's the licensed film based, it's a licensed game based on the film. So uh, the film and the plot of the game are the same, essentially. So it's the quest for one-eyed Willie's treasure. So you've got seven levels and well, eight levels in this game. And you've got two players on the screen on each level. And the idea is you've got to sort of get them both to the exit of the 
levels. Level the, the last one's slightly different because you got to get the treasure. But the idea is that you're working as the Goonies. There's different Goonies in each level, and you have to sort of solve the puzzle for each one, progressing your way through, and then eventually you you know you get the treasure. And along the way, you're going to bump into the characters, various characters that are in the film, whether that's the the woman I can't remember her name, Mama, whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, it's the is it the Fratellis? The Fratellis, that's it. I know, the, yeah, the Fratellis. So you bump into them, and of course you bump into um, no, what's his name? Hey, you guys, that one I can't remember. Chung, not Chung, that's the kid in it. Sloth, yeah. So uh, all of the, it's been a while since I watched the Goonies, and I'll tell you why. It's because it's not a film I really like. So I know that's sacrilege to people out there who you know like watching you know the, the Goonies, and there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with it. I've said it before. When we talked about the film, I find it a bit babbly and a bit annoying. But the game, so graphically, um, it's made by DataSoft. It's, it's, I think it's, it, it must have been ported to every single type of personal computer at the time. Because, and I think the C64 was later down the line of its ports. Because I actually played this originally on an Atari 800XL, which took forever to load, and was actually a bit graphically and orally, dare I say, better than the Commodore 64 version. Weird, I know. But play it on the 64. So the graphics are kind of. By colour browser, they're okay. Quite lively sprites, quite okay. Nice dual player, the way you play both players um, to get to the end of each level. The music in it's okay, but it does great after a while. And I think after, because uh, some of the levels are quite tricky. There's one in particular I got stuck on for ages where the you're in the house and the Mama Fratelli comes out and you've got to sort of, you've got to sneak around. It's, it's, it's The levels are quite well engineered and tricky. I think the problem is that once you've finished this, you're not going to really, it's not, it doesn't engage you like the film does. It just it's it's a bit like playing a sort of a the cherry pick kind of the things that will make you remember the film, throwing it into a game with some of the logic, but it doesn't have the charm of the film because it's just kind of you know it's just you running about with kind of blocky representations of the different characters. Still, all said and done, it's playable enough, it's fun, and it's not a bad franchise game as they go. But I think in the realms of development, um, I don't think it's the greatest development and the greatest game-looking game that they could have done based on the technology of the Commodore 64. It feels like a port from another machine thrown in. Um, And so I suspect that's very much what it is. But I enjoyed playing it. Weirdly, I was playing it for for ages. I don't know why. I just kind of got into like a weird zombie mode. I I don't know if it emits a signal, a bit like that pumpkin in Halloween 3, where it's like... (laughs) And I was just sort of gooning out. But, you know, I, I don't know how much time had passed, but I, I'd got, I think, to level three before I realised that I was, I'd been on it for what seemed like a million years. And, no, I think I'd gradually hunched my shoulder and started to get a bit, you know, a bit uh, sloughed out. So um, and I peeled myself out of the chair. I was playing it, and, you know, I've been there that long. So there must be something to it, because normally games like that really do my head in. But I, uh, I'm i not a big fan of the Goonies, but you, I know you are a Goonie fan. You are a, you're an honorary Goonie, I believe. <laughs> I'm not a massive... I mean, I, I like the film. The film's fine. <laughs> you know, I, if it's on, if I catch it on ITV4, then I'm probably going to sit and watch it, because you do, don't you? It's just the Goonies. If it's on... And yeah. I, I know it, we're about to... We're recording this the on the Thursday before the Easter weekend. I don't know if it's on over the Easter weekend. It seems like an Easter it's bound seems to be. like an Easter weekend film. If I'm flicking through the channels this over this weekend and it's there, I'm probably going to sit and watch it because you know what? It's an hour and a half, two hours of just harmless fun, and you know, and I, I can dig that. And sometimes that's kind of what you need at times. So yeah, I, I don't mind it. This it's made by DataSoft, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So let's not beat around the bush. This this is DataSoft doing Bruce Lee, Zorro, Conan. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they kind of look a bit same. Goonies. <laughs> it's that single screen, that yeah. single screen, small characters, plat- three, you know, multiple Are you guys platforms. Using the same engine, I, you know, we're just changing the <laughs> graphics a bit. Let's you know, th- mm. this is what that is. This is another. You know, obviously the 
the shtick of this is, you know, the two-character puzzle. It is totally Bruce Lee, my God. Yeah, it really did you not realise? No, I, I, I'd, I'd, if I'd written the word Datasoft. Yeah. But then by that point, I'd gone into my slothy coma, so I don't yeah. know what, well, I don't know well, what back. I'm like, why did I even write I think that? even closer is, is, is Conan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know Conan was awful. Sort purple, of thing. Yeah, the purple, purple thing. monstrosity. Um, yeah, it was awful. But um, yeah, so Conan, Zorro, this... It's those single screen, small characters, you know, interactive ladders and stuff like that. You can just look at those games and you go, yeah, it's just them. I don't know. Whether, I know it comes it'll come from Datasoft. So I'm not sure if they're programmed by the same people, but hey ho, you can you can see that lineage. So this is, you know, does have the add the uh, thing that it's two characters. My my comments, it's, it's all right. It's a decent, you know, single single screen. There's, there's only eight screens in there, which is a bit maybe a bit yeah. limited, I think, because like you say, once you've solved those yeah. eight and you know how to do them. Yeah, that's that's it. I suppose you. Yeah, I suppose which, you say. What's, where's the play? I suppose you say the same about most puzzles, but most puzzles, most puzzlers have more than eight puzzles, mm. which is the thing. I thought the graph, the graphics were were very very C sixty four. They looked. They just. This, mm. that, they just looked yeah. like this. If if you showed me that screen, I go. Oh, well, that could be more C sixty four if I try. If it tried. Yeah, I think it's their color choice. You know, they 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 really hammer the hell out that sixteen color palette. You know, they get the most out of those basic colors. There's no yeah. no no FLI graphs for them. <laughs> They're not mixing or blending those colors. They're not doing anything fancy. It's got sixteen colors. Damn it, we're using any of them. That's it. <laughs> And one of those colours is, is, is white, one of those colours is black. So technically it's only 14 colours. and seven of them are brown. Yes, the multi-layers of the Commodore <laughs> Brown. I hated the music. Uh, my, note, the, oh, yes. my, my note here is the music is a twee thing of drill-like proportions that drives through your mind like a screwdriver. Yes, I have the same feeling when I listen to anything by Wet Wet Wet, strangely <laughs> enough. Not that I do that very often. Oh, angel lies. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sweet little mister. You know, if he couldn't look any more smug in that, video if he tried he's the smuggest man well, on earth i guess Marty it's because Pe- he's a good looking guy pillow yeah mighty Palo. yeah you see he's very close to a pillow emboss <laughs> and that's as we all know is a that'd be dead weird graphic, if he just turned graphic. around sort of thing and he's got like real edges <laughs> he does <laughs> hello he, he's always face on <laughs> i'm mighty pillow emboss <laughs> if he lays in bed he just merges with it and he just just his edges becomes like an indented outline Anyway, that's a big digression from where you were at. Um, where was were. I sort of thing? I found, with this being a puzzle or sort of thing, having only five lives was a pain in the ass um, because yeah. it's easy to die, especially on some of the later screens. Very. And just being shoved back to begin. It's like, oh, God, you know, each just give... But I can, you know, back in the day, they probably did it because longevity to make it sort of harder and things like that. I found it weird and sort of sometimes hard to really understand what I was supposed to interact with on the screen because nothing stood out at times. Like on the, it took me ages to realise on the first screen that I had to jump and push the water thing over to put the fire out. Yep. Well, I was don't. just wondering I, I, I figured I had to go up push the chair go up turn the turn the money printer on and Mama Fratelli would come out to catch the money come out catch then the, the money. other one could run down to the bottom and then I was like just running around for ages wondering am I supposed to go through the door? And it was only by luck yep. when I was just jumping that I knocked the water over and I was like, oh, okay. And then it's a bit, yeah, it's all right. I mean, yeah, it, you know, it's okay. It's just, you know, it's just an, a bit of an evolution from, you know, Conan, Zorro, Bruce Lee in, in a sort of bit more of a single screen puzzly, you know, and as you said, it's mm. it's not a bad, you know, as, as, as film conversions go, this is quite an okay one because Goonies, you know, they are solving puzzles and working out traps and all those kind of things. And so, collecting yeah, treasure. treasure. There is that to it, you know, and it does feel all right. But would I go back to it? Probably not. Nah. Yeah. And I can't be alone in thinking that when any everyone does a bicolor medium res typeface on a Commodore 64 game, I find them very hard to read. So that 
Mm. Writing that's on the screen in the games, borderline, you know, eye-watering it so hard. And they use really weird colour schemes, you know, brown and red and all well, this kind like of thing. Well, like the purple and green of Conan, isn't it? It's like, yeah, I'm yeah. wondering, you know... I don't know what, what's going on back there at Datasoft, but... Yeah. Colourblind. I'm suspecting colourblindness. Quite possibly. It's quite possible. You don't know. Scotopically sensitive game designers beware. Don't play that game. You're going to end up with a real nauseating headache. Yeah, quite possibly. But yeah, it's it's not it's not terrible. We've, we've got, we're going to play worse today. We are indeed, <laughs> So, yes. it, you know, for your eight screens, this is probably going to challenge you. And, and solving the puzzles does give you that, oh, you know, there is moments of, you know, enjoyment mm-hmm. and clarity. And, and when you go, oh, I know how to do that. But it's okay. It's all right. I, I can't get I can't get angry at this because it's it's a, you know, it's a functional, decent little puzzler. But that's pretty much all it is, really. Well, yeah. And also, you're an honorary goonie. You're not allowed to get mad at this game. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I give it three truffle shuffles. <laughs> I'd give it. A, I'd give it a kick in the goonies if it keeps that music so drilling. Oh, that music! <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't remember that music in the film because I'm pretty sure I would have screamed and ran out of the cinema. Yeah, I think everyone would have. But uh, there'd, there you there'd go. Been, been yes, murder committed. The music in the film's actually really good. It's a really good score for goonies. Is, yeah. You know, there's that amazing sequence where the, the one-eyed Willie's pirate ship comes out towards the end and. Mm. There's that great bit of music, you know, when when Sloth is swinging in on the rope and doing all that. Yes. Um, I probably just ruined the ending for everybody, but there you go. I um, think, you know, might be a pirate ship. 35 years, I think the statute of limitations well, on you spoilers. Say that, but this, you're an honorary goonie, <laughs> you know, you're not allowed to say that. I keep, <laughs> keep telling you. I can. You've got to be, you're one with the goonies. <sighs> Stop, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> They see, that's what a goonie would say. I'm, re- I'm no, really not. Anyway, I'm a, so- look, if anything, I'm a rat fan. <laughs> We've already said this. <laughs> Rep fans uh, and Goonies, <laughs> they had a war, didn't they? It lasted all of 12 Absolutely. hours. Absolutely, we went down to Brighton one day. <laughs> yeah, it was like Quadrophenia, but with rap fans and Goonie fans. <laughs> we are Goonies, we are the Goonies, we are, we are, we are the Goonies. <laughs> Between the Goonies and the rap fans. Rap fans attack! <laughs> Change! <laughs> He'd be stood in court going, bloody rap fans! <laughs> Hey, you guys, charge! Rep fans, give me some more of them blue dreamers. <laughs> Let's move on. Anyway, anyway Jesus Christ. That, that got weird. <laughs> Goonies, it's all right. God, that got weird. <laughs> as ever. As ever. <laughs> <laughs> right let's move on Goonies yeah it's alright eight screens eight screens of puzzlings there you go <laughs> puzzlings puzzlings <laughs> yeah it's <a> puzzlings <laughs> I know we've gone into the dark crystal <laughs> puzzled you would be no Yoda's not in dark crystal I was, you know what I'm just I'm just co-opting things in that's what they did at this time in 1986 games could co-op characters from everywhere <laughs> they could anyway let's move on please <laughs> <laughs> To our next game. Uh, our next game is, oh, yeah, this is this is this is a disappointment. <laughs> yes, Fighting Warrior. Fighting Warrior is our next game. So, mm. Fighting Warrior. First thing that greets you with Fighting Warrior. What is Fighting Warrior? Fighting Warrior is the pseudo sequel to Exploding. Should have been a gold medal fist. So. Is it really? Is it classes kind I of a think so. it's the, it's, side quote? It's kind the next of thing. one along from them. It's Beam Software. It's their next game. It's, you know. Is it Melbourne yeah, yeah, as yeah. well? Yes. You gads. Definitely. I'm pretty sure it is. No, no. I, I think I, pretty, I seem to remember it being, and that's why everyone kind of got giddy about it before they played it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was the problem. Mm. Developed by. Oh, no, it was Chrome Studios. Chrome Studios Melbourne, which I think is Beam anyway, I think. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's, it's from them. It's the same stuff. The problem is, right, so Fighting Warrior, it's, it, this is was touted as some kind of sequel to 
uh, where the exploded fist it has a similar kind of graphical style big chunky quite well animated sprites but in this game you play the titular fighting warrior who is depicted on the title screen uh in a it's very gray he, he needs some sun which is weird considering he's set in egypt <laughs> as we say the commodore 64 has plenty of colors to adequately portray someone with a tan yeah and not only that they've gone for the kind of egyptian warrior look that you would have worn if you did a school play when you <laughs> yeah, was back in the yeah. 80s you know where you just put a tea towel <laughs> on your head to play anyone from the middle it east is. and put a belt it around is, your head yes it's uh it's another one of those it's what we can look at it's not it's not yes, the best and it's a blue a blue and white they weren't known for their wearing blue and white stripes. The uh, the Egyptians they tended to not do that kind of I don't thing. Think you know, they did, no. But yeah, well, blue isn't a colour you're going to get hold of easily in Egypt. No, <laughs> probably not. You saw well. But, it, you know what? I don't. I'm not an expert. No, but he's very grey in this title screen. So you play the titular type yes. fighting fighting warrior, and and you'd think. Exploding Fist people, you know, Melbourne House, title like Fighting Warrior, same Kimmel's kind of sprites. You're in for a good time here. You would be sadly mistaken. Yep. My, my first comment on this was, this is so boring. It's really, really dull. <laughs> you walk, Basically, you walk along and you fight with three moves. Remember, Exploding Fist had 16, 16 different moves, whatever. Three moves, it's just, you know, you can hit high, you can, you can jab to the middle, or you can hit low. That's it. That's your thing. You basically get a series of Egyptian-style creatures that walk towards you, some of, some of which are similar to you but may have an animal-type head. There are some dogs that may attack, and there are like a wing, winged dragony type thing that may attack. But essentially, they all do the same thing. You've got three attacks. They'll block. They'll jump. You can jump. You can duck. To be fair, these are well-animated, but that's it. And and the, the health bars are massive. Yes, <laughs> and, and, they take forever. And it just takes yeah forever to... To destroy anything, and once you kill them, once you do actually destroy them, you're presented with a pot. Missing the pot takes your health off. <laughs> what they're thinking? <laughs> what? Because you have to be in the exact right place to hit the pot. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, you know. Don't do pot kids. Don't. And it's like you don't lose health if you miss the toilet when you're having a pee. That's not something that happens. And similarly, if you swing and miss and don't hit a pot, you shouldn't lose health. But you do. If you do hit the pot, then multiple thing, different things can happen. It can generate more monsters. It can open up a triangular doorway into the into a different location, which is only different in the fact that it has a different background, but it has the same bloody creatures walking towards you and fighting. Oh God! What were mm. they thinking? <laughs> just it's so <laughs> dull, and yep. it just takes so long to beat any of them. Oh God! And do you know the problem is here is that this should have told us what to expect with Fist Two. Yes, it is a warning. It is. Siren, it really is. This it? is a shot across the bows going. <laughs> you think Fist Two's going to be good? Look at Fighting Warrior. Yeah, uh, you wait. Yeah. You wait. Wait till wait till you see those moonwalking <laughs> karatikas. <laughs> moonwalking scrolling awfulness. I don't know what it did. Would yeah, you? I did you like this? From. Did you get on with it or did? No. Could I mean? Do you know what? I don't know why the music is like an earworm, isn't it? For yeah. some reason, I can remember. It. I can remember it from being back then. So there must be something real earworm it about is. it. Because I did, like, I did find it. I did find it great, great, quickly though. It does. So my initial thought about this was that it was like the crappiest version of Karateka I'd ever played. <laughs> yeah. Because it was just like Karateka. You're walking along. The, the story is the same. Pharaoh's captured a princess and imprisoned her in the temple and you've got to fight through to fight and get her. Yep. By walking right and continuously fighting one thing after another, after another, after another, after another to presumably you end up at the uh, temple. Mm-hmm. And now, at least Karateka had an end, because I have a feeling this just goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. I don't think there's an end to it at all. I was playing it for a long time again. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I, don't I think either. that music is kind of hypnotic. But uh, in the end, my my 
conclusion was it's a, I put a weird multicolored block karateka style stab him up because I just went around sort of doing that really weird belly stab that he does, which is kind of a thrusty belly stab. <laughs> it's the strangest fighting moves I've ever seen. It kind of looked Egyptian, I suppose, is the best thing I could say about yeah. it. But everything else was a flat disaster. I don't know how you get it wrong. Even if you just made fist, uh, Way of the Exploding Fist and put Egyptian characters and did 16 moves for those Egyptian characters, that would have been better than this. I don't know why they went to these lengths and trying to add a narrative. I have a feeling somewhere that there's a, there is a, someone who played Karataka and, and there's a little bit of borrowing going on here. Because mm-hmm. it does feel... if It is thematically the same. But like you say, if the music doesn't hypnotise you like it did me, then it's just going to bore its way into your soul and you are going to just end up, like you say, hitting them little pots is a real challenge. And even when you do, there's no real payoff. You either end up fighting more things or you end up going through a doorway to fight more things. Either way, it's just boring and endless. It just it just felt like it was going on forever. I don't think, I'm pretty sure there's no end to that. I don't so, think there is no, either. I'll have to check on YouTube and check out, see if there's a long play, but the video might be 300 years right. long. Don't. It's probably still playing it. 30 years, it's just been going playing it still to this day going it's never it won't let me leave <laughs> i don't know uh zap gave it 45 percent. i think that's generous for this garbage but there you go yeah i i this really did you know did nothing for me it was it was a uh, yeah just coming from you know on the back of exploding fist it looking like that thinking this is going to be something similar just no I tell you what, I tell you what, there's a better, the better, better version of this that comes out several somewhere down the line, sort of thing, and a couple of years time is uh, Yusagi Yajimbo. That does this right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's how that's yeah. how to do a walking, scrolling, two D fighting game. Yeah, fighting game. Yeah, you know, you know, don't you don't have to fight every single thing that comes in front of you. That's always a. A bonus. Yeah, and, and for them to have um, like you know the health bars of God. I was wishing there was a run in this game, just to run. Just I just wanted to run. Just that's that slow bloody oh, walk and the slow just slow run. scrolling yeah, it's just and so bloody and no no yeah fighting warrior. You will be fighting a lot. That's for sure. Yeah yeah, it's not great. Don't play fighting warrior. It's no. a disappointment. Huge disappointment. No no don't. No, wait, just wait for something better. Yeah, like the number sixteen bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. more enjoyable times yeah. sat on the number 16 bus heading to town than I did playing Fighting Warrior. Just read a book about Egypt. Read a book about Egypt because that actually features more Egyptian things in it than this game does anyway. That's true. So yes, it's a, there's a little bit of Egyptian iconography, but no. Aside from the fact that in the background you've got the kind of the odd pharaoh thing and a tomb and a, the odd pyramid you know it could have just it's just dull it's just dull no 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 and like you say actually we saw the warning signs about fist 2 here really didn't we we? yeah shiting warrior we did that's what i'll call it yeah absolutely there you go yeah very much (laughs) so yes let's move on from that travesty To uh, to uh, next one. On. Maybe you like this. I don't know. Uh, this is a weird one. Um, what is our next game? Our next game is well. It's a, a bit of a hike to the past. This is a, a, a Spectrum conversion, a Spectrum classic. You on one would say this is well, well, one would say well that. liked in the Spectrum world. This is School Days. Graham, did you enjoy your time okay. back at school? So School Days. Uh, you are Eric, Eric the schoolboy, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the game is you've got to get a report card, your report card from the staff room, I think is a safe. I can't remember. You've got to get it from the yeah, staff yeah. room anyway. To do that, you've got to accomplish or uh, do some some things around the school. There's other characters in the game. There's four, three or four teachers in it. I can't there's remember There's three the teachers names, and a head teacher. A, each one of them has one of the yeah, things for the uh, code. That's right. There's a Mr. Wacker, <laughs> Mr. Crit. I can't remember all the names anyway. Um, and then you've got other characters as well. You've got... Um, 
I want to say Angel Face. I'm pretty sure there's one called Einstein. I can't remember other names. Anyway, th- you've got players that you have. And you can think one of the key things, you can actually change. You could name them yeah, if you, you wanted could, to. Yeah. You could name them. So you could put your mates in there. Hey, I've, I've, imagine all the fun of that. All, all your mates, Bezzy, Kezzy, Wezzy and Lezzy are all <laughs> What mates did you have? With you, I don't remember you hanging around with anyone called I, I, Bezzy and Kezzy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I never played. I never actually. I was gonna, just coming to. I never actually played this game at the time, um, any format. So I, this was my first encounter with it. So you can go around, and if you get caught doing those things, you accumulate. I think it's is it lines or is it you're punished anyway? And your game, if you get too many of those, you get kicked out of school. So the idea is that you've got to obviously do all that and get the various stuff from the school teachers and that gets you to the safe and then you can get your report and everything's tickety-boo. So I have to say, I right from the get-go, I don't like these kind of Spectrum conversions on the Commodore 64. And I don't like them for a couple of reasons. One, because this one felt like a lazy port to me. It just felt like the graphics had just been lifted straight from a Spectrum and thrown into a Commodore 64. The Commodore 64 can do better than this. Mm-hmm. So the scrolling on it was kind of horrible. The visuals were kind of tiny and scrappy and high res, and it was all yellow and black and a bit bitty and a bit just not not what I expect when I play Commodore 64 games with a machine that's got another eight colours and a lot more resolution and you know registers on its chips on it than Vic graphic chip to do all sorts of crazy scrolling and all that stuff. So this just felt like it was a kind of a poorish port of that mm-hmm. game, which meant that I think that while the charm of the game might have been retained, the actual functional parts of the game looked a bit horrible on a Commodore 64 and I found that a bit off-putting especially the scrolling when you went to the next screens and it juddered around a lot so it just felt clumsy so it was it might have been fun but I just the grad the kind of buggy jerky quality of the graphics and the the fact that it just felt like I was playing a poor Spectrum game on a on a Commodore 64 put me off so um I didn't get much further off after I didn't play I played it for a while but not I couldn't quite sort of get into it because of it just you know I just felt a bit off-putting mm-hmm. Um, this, if you compare this to some of the other games that we play for this episode in terms of the colour graphics, the ones that do flex the strength of the Commodore 64, this just looks a bit naff. Play it on a Spectrum if you're going to play it, I think would be my bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've put... <laughs> my first comment is back to the Spectrum with you. It's a, a, yes, put, yes. It's, it's a direct port of a, of a clever game. Don't get me wrong. So this is a clever game. I can see why people liked it. I mean, if it, it, hmm. coming out a year previous, you know, on the, on the Spectrum sort of thing, this probably I can see why this would, you know... Made made quite the impact it did, and it's still well known to this day. The problem is on the C sixty four. It's like the the slowdown and the dated feel just don't work here. I put the scrolling is atrocious, uh, and as you rightly pointed out, none of the strengths of the C sixty four are in evidence here. Probably did work well on the Spectrum. It doesn't mean it just needs bringing across to the C sixty four wholesale. This is like you know no. turn an og, turn it off. Uh, yep. School don't. Yeah. So it, again, this is technically clever and ambitious. But to me, the game is just a, it's just a bit dull and past its prime um, here. It just doesn't feel... There's a, you know, I, I imagine that there's quite a lot going on under the hood sort of thing, but is it fun to play? Nah, not, not at this point in time, I don't think. Not for me, not when I went back no. to it. No. I think I played it on the Spectrum somewhere. Someone had it at some point, but I don't mm. really remember much of it. And, and I kind of... This is one of those games I know of rather than know. Yeah. And so yeah. this was really my first time coming to it. And yeah. I, I think this just it's, a, it's not a particularly great port and how the hell this got 78% I'll never know that baffled me I have to say when, when I looked and saw that and I read the review and like I said I think you can I think you can fall in love with the idea because the game idea and the game itself and the stuff that happens in the game is great this is just not visually very nice yeah so it doesn't feel very nice on a 64 but if you've played the Spectrum version and you've got that in your mind then you're probably going oh yeah there's, there's some really cool little things that can happen here and there but 
It was lost on me. I never really played it originally, so to come to it quite fresh, I just found it. And that scrolling did my head in. I'm sorry, but it did. I just think, you know what? We was only one episode ago saying how Chris Butler had amazed us with his scrolling on Z. Yeah. And then you come to this where, you know, it looks like, um, you know, you're going to have a seizure trying to wait for it. And I'm like, and it's just horrible. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. And the thing is, the, the C64 can do full screen scrolling. I mean, there's games out there that do it. So it's not, and if you want to do that thing on the 64, it can. It's not like it can't. So anyway, I don't know. Just lazy porting, I think. I, I think so, yeah. It's, it's not something I want to spend much time talking about. School day. If you want to go play School Days, no. go play it on the Spectrum. It's probably better and it's probably more suited to yeah, that machine. Yeah, I would definitely it's, recommend it's, that. It's a Spectrum game. And we're not knocking it, and we're not knocking the technical chops of it on the spectrum or anything. It just don't work here. No. no. So there you go. School days. That's it. There's your games for this first section. Chronos Rift. So, you know, you might like it. Goonies. Yeah, it's all right. Fighting Warrior. Ugh. School days. Ugh. It, that's my review in sounds. Join us after this <laughs> short break where we will be talking about musical delights uh, for January 1986. <laughs> tip to our sponsor for this episode who's davidhernwriter.com uh, where you can find audio books for just a few quid and books for even less dave's feature book uh, this week is the case of the notorious roboticist where moros must try and solve a murder where the prime suspect is an artificial intelligence programmer who designs nasty robots the story also features a robot named benson trying to escape from targ the audiobook is available at Google Play, Apple Books, Audible, and so on. Visit David Hearn Writer. That's David Hearn, spelled H-E-A-R-N-E, writer, as you would expect, all one word, davidhearnwriter.com, to find out more. Welcome back to our look at what was going on in the world of music in January 1986. Obviously going into the new year, our good friend Shaken Stevens was at number one, but he didn't stay there. He was only there until other bands came along and booted him off. So our, our number one singles in this month were, were there's two bands, one you don't like and one we both like, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got uh, West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys comes in. We mentioned this episodes back that it came in. It's worked its way up the charts and it's now at number one. And it stayed at number one for two weeks. First two weeks of January 1986, first two weeks of 1986 was uh, West End Girls Pet Shop Boys, where it was then replaced. Uh, another track we've mentioned that's worked its way up the charts, but it's the Sun Always Shines on TV by Aha. Mm. They're quite a pair of, like, they're very January songs, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, especially West End Girls, <laughs> isn't it? It's just kind of you know. grey. You know, yeah. January lasts all year, it all yep. seems to. Yep, longest month of the year. <laughs> longest month of the year for every reason. Yeah. Um, and the sun always shines on TV is, you know, pretty bleak. It is uh, bleak. So, yeah, so it's a bleak old song, sun always shines on mm. TV. It's what you get when you come from a country where, you know, half the year is dark. Well, the interesting thing was, I was watching a TV show about that, about 1986, 85 kind of pop music and stuff, and... Was that at Top of the Pops? Yeah, there was an interview with yeah, um, Aha, the guy from Aha. They said they were, mm. they're kind of trapped into the teen band. They were 
because they weren't they weren't really like that and they just kind of got trapped into it and they were kind of like oh well <laughs> we'll go with it did it say that they were like previously they were like a swedish prog band yeah and they just weren't oh, making norwegian. it sorry no norwegian, norwegian. swedish yeah, norwegian they, yeah, they norwegian weren't making it in band. norway sorry, so norwegian. they came to london yeah and sort of just got picked up by the pop by the whole pop thing so they became kind of pop stars and they kind of they weren't really wanting to be pop stars you know they were kind of yeah. you know what you, you sometimes you just deal, deal with the, the hand you dealt and, so. well, I don't know what you expect if you write take on me. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but that was the it was uh, the video that apparently that really did that for them. And then after yeah. that, it just took off for them. They weren't getting anywhere until that video came about. And that was the most money that uh, Warners had spent on a music video at any point to that date. It was $100,000. And that was the most money that had ever been spent on a music video for AHA because they were determined to make them into something. And of course, it worked. It did work did work well so um weird uh, weird number one albums now that's what i call music six yeah, stays in there of course it does for another week and then uh, brothers in arms comes back why is that Dice come back Wait, you'll well give me a moment give me a moment uh, caller right <laughs> bear, bear with me one moment sir and i'm uh, sensing I'll, a I'll single get, got to released yeah. I'll, I'll get to that uh new releases of note on the 6th of january was walk of life by, okay uh, straight came in straight at number 30 so i'm imagining People heard that and went, you know what? There's quite some number of singles on this that I'm getting into, so let's go buy the album. Yeah, and it's kind of a harmless dingo, 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 dingo. You know, it's kind of rockabilly, yeah. rock and rolly, mm-hmm. isn't it? We walk, do alive. The walk of life. With the video mm-hmm. with all of the NFL players ramming into each other and smashing each other on the American football field. Is that the video, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, the, it's like watching all the quarterbacks getting sacked by the linebackers and stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a catchy old tune. You know, yeah. one of the ones of Dire Straits that I don't mind something, but it's, uh, yeah, so you could see that. People with a bit of Christmas money probably thinking, you know, I should really buy that, some some songs on that. Yeah. Maybe Dire Straits didn't give their tracks to uh, Now That's What I Call Music. <laughs> maybe they held out. Yeah, they're not maybe they were the, Maybe they were, the, uh, they were the direct line of, uh, of music, <laughs> of, of bands, because direct line don't appear on Confused.com, do they? No, no, they, they don't. They, they don't give them so. So Dire Straits, direct, you know, direct line. Yeah, you're not allowed. We're not could allowed be. on that. You're not putting any of our tracks in your stupid compilation albums. You're not. So th- that's probably why. There you go. 13th of January, Life's What You Make It by Talk Talk. I don't know a lot about Talk Talk. I don't know a lot about him, but I do like that song. I don't even know what I, 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 I just like his voice. I, I could, do you want me to do it? Well, I could do it. Yes. Life's What You Make It. <laughs> He's got that kind of voice. I'm not any the wiser. <laughs> Um, I might have it to goes, I'll, bom, I'll, I'll YouTube bom, that bom, bom, bom. it's got that sort that of big sounded sort like Berlin bom, you did an amazing bom, Berlin synth noise there that's what you make I thought you were doing Take My Breath Away by Berlin <laughs> bom, bom, maybe 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 bom, I was. Bom, <laughs> bom, bom. Think, things get confused in my head after all this time. <laughs> uh, anyway, Life's What You Make It is a good track. I came in at number 41. Mm-hmm. A particular favourite of yours, Leader of the Pack from Twisted Sister. <laughs> is that the Leader of the Pack? That's why I fell for the Leader of the Pack, but it's I, a Twisted... I, I, re- I reckon, I reckon twisted, so. I don't like Twisted Sister at all. <laughs> I like on this. I like saying you, you uh, like all these bands on here so they can be in charge. I've given you the most worst, worst taste in music ever. People must be listening to this going, God, this taste in music is terrible. He likes Twisted Sister. Sister, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't like him at all. D, good old D Schneider. That, that, strange enough, that's not the just his twisted sister track I actually know of. So that means that no, now I know of two. Because uh, not going to take it. Take. Yeah, it's the one yeah. I know of, and that's only because the lead singer looked like a friend of ours' mum. So <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> I'm sure he will. He'll know. You'll know who we mean. <laughs> he will. Yeah. Aww. Bless her. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> then we had number 66 I put the things I like again I'm just going to keep mentioning it Small Blue Thing from Suzanne Vega probably went nowhere because it's, it's an odd track Never Small heard Blue of that thing. one 
Now, I thought this was earlier, but maybe it won't. You're, you're a bit more up on these kind of things than I am. Rapper's Delight, Sugar Hill Gang, number 78. Well, it could easily be a re-release. In the charts, where I look at them, it does actually say whether it's a re-release or a new new, new, new entry. And this said new entry. Because you couldn't buy a lot of it in the UK at the time. It was, it was you know, it was... It was really difficult to get hold of rap in the UK around this time. Later down the line, as mm. it became more popular, that changed, especially towards the end of the 80s. But at this point, you went to your record shops, they were full of Twisted Sister and Dire Straits and <laughs> Now That That's What I Call Music. If you went in and said, have you got a copy of the Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight, you'd just get a blank look and go, uh, is that Bobby Vinton? So um, <laughs> uh, you, there's just, you, just, you just couldn't get hold of it. So it was still, because it's still quite underground, even in the US at this point. So in the UK, you know, it's, not like, it's not like the internet now where someone releases a rap track and it can be sound clouded to you in two seconds. This is, no, mm. there's a whole export of stuff that was, you know, it wasn't getting picked up on the big labels because they were frightened to death of rap for many different reasons, the least of which because of its cultural implications and what that might mean to M- the MTV generation and all the whole thing. There's a excellent documentary and all of that that was on Sky Arts, I think, some time ago. Go and watch that. I can't remember called now. Probably something to do with rap. However, it is a great track and I think it does go higher in the UK chart. But it's, a good, it's a good entry point for for that if you think about it really because it- i think so yeah i mean it just stuck out to me when i was looking through them uh so thank you but i don't i i, I mean I, I do not rap is is not my forte I, I know very very little about it so i don't know if it's a, i could have gone research that i could look but i thought i'd wait and see if you knew it's just yeah i just thought it for some reason because it's, it's rapper's delight am i right in thinking rapper's delight is credited as the first rap track apart from the blondie one yeah is it one of them? yeah it's one of those it's up there with um um yeah, it's Rapture by Blondie. Rap, well, yeah, that's you could class that. That I suppose it's got a rap in it of sorts. It's not what you'd it call has. great. It's not a rap song, rapping, but yeah, the, these songs are the they are the pioneering songs that break through. I think that's the important part. There's a whole lot of rap being done, but these are the ones that kind of penetrated into more mainstream. They right. were just being picked up by not bigger labels, but labels with enough clout to be able to get them exported out of the country. I think. And so Sugar Hill Gang is not something that you would... We weren't going to see that necessarily on top of the pops at this point, but as they get further in, you know, there's a, you know, there was a demand for people to start hearing and seeing this stuff. But you're right. There's them, there's um, Grandmaster Flash and a couple of others that... Right, yeah. With the message and stuff like that, you know, they're, they're those, they are those pioneers. It always makes... Because you're right in a way. Everyone forgets about Rapture by Blondie. But that's because it is not her finest moment in that song. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's not a great song. <laughs> No, it's really not. But it, the video actually features a really famous sort of rapper artiste in there. So, because mm. she was kind of nosing around with that kind of sort of set, wasn't she at the time? The group were. So, anyway. It's just, I just thought I'd stick it in because I thought it was quite interesting. It I is an interesting thing. Was, I thought, thought it was a bit earlier, but, you know, mid 80s, I suppose. And I suppose you are right whether, I mean, we could be told sort of thing. There's a very good podcast, which I'll, I'll recommend if people don't listen to it, called Pop Collaborate and Listen, is. which is done by a couple of friends of ours. Uh, and it's a very good podcast, and they're very, very much into their rap. They could probably, if they are listening to this, probably not, because I don't think they're interested in C64 games, but I might ask them. They could probably set me right on whether that is correct, but I, I don't know. It's not my thing, but I thought it was worth the mention. Um, as was the next one, because on the same day, Chain Reaction by Diana Ross went in at number 90. Is this, and I was, I, I didn't listen to it, but I, I know Chain Reaction by Dan Ross. Is this the Bee Gees version? Is this that yes. one? Yes, yes, it is. Is this the Bee Gees version, or did she do another version that then got no, singed up by the, the Bee Gees? No, it's this the version with the Bee Gees singing in the background. So they they sing on it. Dun, dun, yeah, you can tell it's dun, the Bee Gees. Dun. You can tell if you think about. That, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you think about the way Bee Gees, the Bee Gees construct their music. It's dun, dun, if you think dun, of dun, the Dionne Warwick dun, tracks dun, that they wrote. Dun. You think of the because oh, they wrote 
tons of songs. I mean, I actually quite like the Bee Gees for all sorts of different reasons, not necessarily for this yeah, song. So do I. But they have a style of writing, and Chain Reaction isn't. I don't. Is that a thing? Chain Reaction is Chain Reaction their song that they wrote, or is it one that they've covered? I don't know. I, no, I think it is actually one of theirs. Yeah. I, I think, but I it could sort be of wrong. Sounds like it. No, like you say, it, it, yeah. if not, it certainly sounds like it. But they certainly made it their own because it's got that Bee Gees kind of vibe. Yeah, know, and it's got you can't miss the, their falsetto singing and everything that's on it. You can't miss them. They're there. They're on it. You know. Yeah. Want, want the video where she does the all the different different eras of pop? Yes, Diana that's Ross correct. In the video, yeah. she's sixties, seventies, like a yeah. disco diva. She's yes. like on this sixties in like you know one of those pop. Yeah, because if you think whatever, of the way she sings it, you know, TV then, shows. She's got that sort of soft voice, doesn't she? And if you think mm. about that take her voice out and put Barry Gibbs voice in you could he could have almost sang it himself in that way he almost oh, does now I'm thinking of now I'm thinking of Barry Gibb in that tight dress she wears and I'm, I've gone down a horrible <laughs> route of what have you done to me <laughs> he would be in the middle of a, a chain reaction if he was wearing that it'd be a dangerous oh, situation with his hair in those braids I, I can't think of the Bee Gees without thinking of Kelly Everett in the 80s when he did that sketch, when he just, he always did the Bee Gees, didn't he? He did all three of them. And they, he said, where, where, how would you describe your enormous teeth? And they said, mass of two sets. <laughs> In fact, we'll put the YouTube, it's on YouTube. We'll put oh, no. Yes. Uh, so, Jane, but I'm surprised it got in at 90. I thought it would have been higher with it being the pedigree of that's Diana what I, Ross. That's but... what I wondered. I wonder whether this was the first entry or whether this was not the beat, whether they remixed it to a later thing. I'm not sure. It's a but re-entry it's a for Diana entry, Ross would have been an uncomfortable say, thing to say on top of the pops, wouldn't it? <laughs> 19th of January <laughs> by the Bee Gees all three of them ah. 19th of January 3G <laughs> better than 5G I guess oh my gosh right let's move on quickly that would Jesus be a chain Christ. reaction <laughs> anyway 19th of January when the going gets tough the tough get going from Billy Ocean do, 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 in do, at number do, 28, do, we yeah, will yeah. see that. I think that will probably, I think that gets to number one, doesn't it? I'm mm, pretty sure. Yeah, pretty certain it does. I remember that being very big. It was huge. Good yeah. song. I like that song. Um, and, and similarly, uh, same day, just three places down, number 31, Living in America from James Brown. Classic. It is a classic. So, you know, a couple of uh, film tracks getting released. They're getting yeah. starting to see. I think, you know, I don't know when this became a thing, but I think, you know, it's it'll be interesting to sort of, sort of see. It's a very big, you know, big, big songs for a big film. Well, just predating this, because we've had a couple, haven't we, flash dances around. Is it before this? So Because Flashdance had a big soundtrack. And, it, yeah. yeah. So and there's a few. Fame as well. Fame as well. Yeah. So. But to be fair, they're about music. Yeah. I think somewhere along the line this idea of a foot you know, similarly with footloose as well yes did you know i, I didn't realize that um there was a song they all begin with f what is it yeah, with f? Gonna, yeah it's this f films i don't know there is that thing though isn't there where films and the soundtracks for them became quite ubiquitous and you know you're starting with that mm. but you think just think like top gun and things like that and you know you can see where it's going to go yeah, you, I mean, you didn't get, like, 1976, and at number six yeah. is the theme from Jaws. No, or the a cappella version of the Predator theme. Imagine the theme from Jaws on top of the pops. How would they have done that? <laughs> it would have just been one guy with a cello mining. <laughs> or Pan's wah. people. Pan's people just go, they could have going around really slowly. They could have done uh, that. Dun, 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 weird, dun, dun, dun. You know, the shoulders would have been going, <laughs> wouldn't they? Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. In at, number seven, in, in at number seven is the five notes from Close Encounters. Well... Do you know, <laughs> on top of the pops back then, just as an interesting little clip it, if they had have done that, then the BBC orchestra were obliged to play everything that was orchestral on the on top of the pops up until about 1979, 1980. 
So if you had an orchestra in the, as your backing track on your song, the BBC orchestra, the, the BBC sort of pop orchestra, had to play it live in the studio and you had to mime to it or sing to it. So that would have been weird. them playing Jaws. Ah, that would have been weird. So it would have been like, it wouldn't have been John Williams' version. It would have been like a, you know, it's like a funked out version. It could have been a bit Jeff Lovey. <laughs> now there's no wrong with that. <laughs> Jeff Love does Jaws. Oh yeah, imagine that. <laughs> it would have been... Da-dun. Anyway. This shark's got funk. <laughs> it's like the Jabba Jaws. You're going to need a Jabba bigger bass. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That would be ace. Anyway, so yes, film songs are getting there. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of... I don't know if you were a fan of these. The following week, 26th of January, the only one I could find of any note was Rise by Public Image Limited. I, I don't do not like them. All. No, I was never a big fan. I'll start nope. throw it in just to see if you were. I don't like Whether the way... Whether you appreciate um, them over time. The lead singer, what's his name? Um, it's him at the John, Sex Pistols, John Lydon, isn't, it? isn't it? Yeah, John Lydon. Yeah, I John. cannot stand the way he sings in Public Image Limited. I'm sorry about that, I don't. The yeah. only song I actually like by them is, is the one where he's actually just a sample, which is open up, I think, and that's them and somebody else. So, nope, nope, nope. Just to round off again with our film stuff, there was barely any new stuff out. And this is, you know, everything's been released pre-Christmas, I guess. I, I imagine there's not no, much new new albums released in the January window. And obviously, Dire Straits are taking up all the air in the room. Mm-hmm. But the only new albums to come out were the Back to the Future, that I could find of any note, were the Back to the Future original soundtrack. Which went in at number 99, which I thought was pretty low. When you say the original soundtrack, is that the actual music of the film or is that the songs off the film? It just says the, it just says the original soundtrack. So I think it's right. the songs. Okay, because it's got Johnny um, B. So Good and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, Huey Lewis in the news yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I thought that was quite low. But anyway, uh, but then there was nothing really for about three weeks. And the 26th of January, the Rocky Four original soundtrack. <laughs> Good soundtrack. That's, that. a, that's an eclectic miss. It is a great soundtrack. It I does. still listen to that to this day. Yes, it's got uh, it's got the best of the training montage music on it. That oh, one, by, yes. by and far, the yeah. best version of the montage music because they all have it. But that's the best version yeah. of it. Which does mean because obviously, I'm, just as a bit of a spoiler for for next week, Rocky Four is out this month. Well, um, of course and, it is, yeah. and, and we will be discussing that. Yes, because um, it needs to be discussed. So we it will does. be talking about Rocky Four, the film, uh, in next week's episode. But we must right break now, it. Here, here and now. <laughs> Here and now, the Rocky Four original soundtrack is in at number forty-eight. So there you go. January is a pretty, you know, it's a it's a dryish month for music. Mm. Everything's just been released before Christmas. You've not yeah. got much coming out. You know, interesting bleak singles at number one with yeah. West End Girls and Solo Shines TV. West End Girls back at the number up there, sort of thing. And we get our first taste of a bit of rap in the charts. Yeah. The sounds of it. Uh, so there you go. That's your music section for January 1986. We'll be back in a moment with our last four games for this episode. So stay with us. <laughs> Big shout out to our sponsor, DavidHernWriter.com, where you'll find bargain books and audiobooks. Dave's feature book is The Case of the Notorious Roboticist, set in a future where Gumshoe Morrows fights for equality in a society where androids are the norm and the lines between human and robot love are blurred. Audiobook available at Google Play, Apple Books, Audible, and other cool places. Visit DavidHernWriter.com to find out more. Dave's podcast pick is School Days as he tries to outsmart Mr. Wacker. Are you 
Welcome back. That was the music. We've got our last four games uh, of this episode that were reviewed in this that came out in January 1986. So let's move on to them. Our first game uh, is another Odin. Odin graphics. Odin graphics. Odin graphics. Whatever they're called. Odin game. Odin computer graphics. Odin team. computer graphics team. Thank you very much. OCG. Not to be confused with OCP. No, no, don't confuse them with that. That, that would be that would be bad <laughs> because we'd have a RoboCop of the wood. <laughs> Which would be oh, weird. That'd be a game, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just it'd be really slow though, and wouldn't be fast. Yeah, too slow. It'd be way too, too slow. slow going around all the screens. Anyway, yeah. So the game we're going to be talking about right now is Robin of the Wood by Odin Computer Graphics. Graham, do you want to tell us all about Robin of the Wood? Yes. So Robin of the Wood is, as you can well imagine, a game based on Robin Hood. Robin Hood was a legendary mythical robber of the rich <laughs> and giver to the poor character from British mythology. Anyway, long and, the, long and short of it is that your father is the keeper of a silver arrow and is killed by the sheriff, the dastardly sheriff Nottingham and the, getting the arrow stolen. So you've got, uh, you know, the silver arrow has now been offered, is offered by the sheriff as a price for the classic archery contest to lure you into a trap. Um, so the aim is to get the arrow back and avenge the death of your father. So all very classic Robin Hood tropes that we've seen a million times before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, this is probably plot-wise more akin to the Errol Flynn Robin Hood a little bit. You know, the kind of wearing the green hooded thing and all that. Less the, well, maybe there's a hint of Robin Hood, the hooded man. I actually thought I don't know. Simil- also similar as well to the, uh, Di- the Disney version. Yeah, there's a bit of that as well in there. So they're all about Robin Hood, aren't they, at the end of the day? There's, there's things that are missing from this, which I'll talk about in a minute. But So you search Sherwood Forest, you get the magic arrows, the thought, the plans of the sheriff, do all of that. And inside of the woods, there are people to avoid and fight if you wished with your trusty quarter staff, your book and a quarter quarter staff, mm-hmm. if you've watched the uh, Daffy Duck version of Robin Hood. And that's the game. It's a big old maze, isn't it? Big old maze game. Wandering around. Felt a bit saber-wolfy in places, this. Graphically mm-hmm. lovely, though. Really pretty. Really nice graphic visuals in this. Really nice animation of the main sprite. Really nice. Really pretty visuals in a way that um, these ga- kind of games generally aren't. So this is the 60 C64 doing a version of those with 64 kind of colours and graphics. And by hell, it's good. Graphics are well animated. It's a bit sparse. There's not loads in it, but it's quite an intriguing game. One of those games where you need to make a map. You know, you can, this is another one of those Mappers Delight type games that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it was fast though. It's quite quite a fast old game. Mm-hmm. It's likeable and playable and interesting. It's just, I think I think it benefits from not being continually bombarded with with enemies. There could have perhaps been a few more in it, but it means that you are are exploring and finding as opposed to just fighting continuously for no reason whatsoever. And, and so I found that quite interesting, but I think I got lost very quickly in the game, just wandering around lost in it. And the trouble is because they, there aren't a great variety of kind of backgrounds they do start to look very similar mm-hmm. and within two minutes I, I was completely lost I thought I really should have perhaps made a map I don't <laughs> doubt that there probably is in, a, in an issue time or something the map of this if it's not even in the, I don't think it's in this issue because they've got one for a different game but I thought it was quite likeable graphically and in every way that you know these kind of games should be done it had everything in it so I quite liked it and I was playing it for a while I got lost in it a little bit but it was good. And the music's kind of twee, but not massively annoying. It gets away with it, I think. And there's some nice little touches here and there. So I think it felt a bit like, a again, it had a palace vibe to it. I don't know why. It had that kind of pro polish that palace games tend to have. A bit less resolution in the sprites. But that Robin animation of the main character was great. The running animation and the way he stops and the fighting. I liked it. I thought it was, it was good. What about you? I really like this. Full cards on the table. I played loads and loads and loads of this back when I was a lot younger. To the point where I think I actually completed it. So I, 
knew it kind of was kind of a bit strange sort of thing because I started playing it again thinking will it all come back sort of thing but I instantly knew to go up top left to get to the castle I knew that's where the thingy was and you know I found a druid and, and found a flower and found everything so I was quite it all started to sort of it was almost like sort of you know that that map that I kind of almost made in my head back then was just kind of just started to fill back in again and to me this is this to me is a similar kind of game to something like and not in the way it plays but in the way it feels to so something like Mission AD to me, this is one of those things where that jaunty, bouncy music never grates, never gets on your nerves, or didn't, doesn't for me, and just feels like an, an enjoyable thing to play around in and just run about and enjoy the visuals and enjoy the ambience. And then just, in, you know, like you said, sort of thing, enjoy the ability to actually just be in, you know, just to be in the game rather than being pestered. The enemies, you know, the enemies are pretty easy to take down. You just run up behind the guards and smack them around the head with the thing. You've only got one attack. The, the hedgehogs are terrifying. You know, they, they will they will take you down in moments, those hedgehogs. They are tough old things, the hedgehogs, aren't they? And this? you can't kill them as well, sort of thing. You know, I, I quite like no. you've just got to avoid them, but they will take your health down in, in, in seconds. There is, you know, there's loads to sort of find. There's, you know, there's weird little idiosyncratic characters like the druid um, and place, people like that sort of thing wonder about. There's the sheriff. There's the. Did you find the uh, the merchants? No, I'd say I just wandered around. I saw the guard and the hedgehog. That's the only characters I came across. Yeah, there's uh, there's a druid who you can get to heal you if you've got the right flowers. And there's a, there's a witch as well, I think, or sort of not a witch, a sort of some kind of sorceress or something. There's uh, merchants that wander about who have got some guards with them. And if you take down the guards, you get some extra gold. There's stuff to find. There's extra lives. There's there's, there's arrows and things to find there's loads of stuff to actually find in it it is very saber wolf but this is this is the c64 version of saber wolf done right yes and we'll be review we'll be looking at next week we'll be looking at the c64 version of underworld mm. as, as one of the games we'll be looking at an underworld you know nodes of Yesod, which is one of the things we didn't mention actually when we looked at nodes of Yesod, but nodes of Yesod owes itself to underworld this mm. owes itself to saber wolf but whereas the c64 version of saber wolf wasn't very good this plays to the c64 strengths it has good music great presentation it looks absolutely lovely as you said the animation on robin and the way the guards bumble along the way the merchants are drawn everything's just looks the part the woods are really nicely drawn. They do become a bit samey, as you say, but once you find the castle uh, and everything else, that you know, it's kind of nicely, you know, nice little bit of differentiation. It's just a fun sort of run around romp, and you know, could yeah. have been. And and when, like you said, like we said about Frankie, when you give give the player a bit of time and space, just to just to enjoy being in there. I like the fact when you stop, you know, when you stop Robin, you don't stop. He just he has a bit of a kneel. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Yeah, but he does. Yeah, he just chills he just, out, doesn't he? Just on kneels one down, kneels Takes down. It's like, oh, yeah, and it's quite nice, as you said. Yeah, another mapper's delight, and you've got to map your way around it. It's, I thought this was better than Note of Yesod, if I'm perfectly honest. Mm. Um, I preferred yep. this to that. I think this is the best thing that Odin do or have done so far, and I think I'm not sure if they actually do anything better. This to me is just a really enjoyable bounce along, find find run mm. around, and like you said, it's really fast. It is fast. It's not drawing too much. I mean, the graphics and the background stuff, and it keeps it nice and sparse, but that allows it to keep the pace up. And so, you know, no yeah. screen, no screen really outstays its welcome. You're just bounding around, finding stuff, working your way around, and it's just I don't know. It's just one of those one of those games that. There's enough dopamine hit, I don't know why, that just twigs my brain in, a, in the right way. Do you think it was perhaps missing some of the other characters from Robin Hood? I could, I can your Friar certainly Tux see that. And your yes. Will Scarlet and some of the other, the famous characters, you know, what's he called? The one Little with the, the big tall guy, Little John. Yeah. <laughs> and the little guy, what's he called? Big John. <laughs> <laughs> and the medium sized guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, medium Tez. <laughs> medium Tez. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they called you medium Tez? Because I'm so medium. 
I'm just adequate at everything. Absolutely, because I can contact the dead. <laughs> yeah, but probably. I, I, there is there is some of that in there. I mean, it's it's Sable Wolf slapped on some of them Robin Hood characters and mythos. And, you know, if you're going to pick run around the woods and be a character that's running around the woods, Robin Hood's a good a good sort of call, I guess, to put that on. So would having other characters in there have done... done I don't know, maybe... I don't know what you would have done with them. No, just you know, I, just, I thought they were missing. You know, it's it is Robin of the Wood, not Robin and his merry men, I suppose. And mm. I think they allied that, which makes it actually a bit, a little bit, a little bit better because these games get silly when they have you know the merry men get introduced. Even the films always get a bit silly when the merry men are introduced. So maybe that's why they avoided it. But just thought you know, every now and again, bumping into Will Scarlet was always an interesting character, especially if it was the. Um, the version from Robin Hood, you know, the the TV show with the Clannad soundtrack, you know, because that was um, what's his name, the um, Cockney actor, I forget his name, a very young. Oh, it's, very um, young. oh this is good podcasting, isn't it? It's, <laughs> he's in a sexy, he's in Sexy Beast. Yeah, that's the guy. That's him. Yeah, he's, he does the uh, bet bet three six five adverts now, doesn't he? Yeah, here, here, when you bet, bet safe. Ray Winston. <laughs> Ray Winston. Yeah, that was a good impression of. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's what Somebody led me to his name, like so obviously, uh, <laughs> obviously, the impression twigged my head. So I think you could you could have put more characters in it. I don't know how they would have worked it into the story and stuff, but it, yeah, like you say, what's not to like about a game, you know, Robin Hood game like this? It's good. It's good fun. Good fun yeah, game to play. It is ninety-two yeah. percent. I deserved. even I would probably maybe uh, yeah, it's probably is deserved. I think it's maybe a tad too high, but but I think there's, there's you know if is it what 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 got seventy-eight percent school days. Yeah, this is way better than 14% better than school days, put it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, th- this is a, a really, really fun, really bright, and shows, again... It's a sizzler. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It shows, again, what the C64 can do, really, in competent hands. Mm, absolutely. Like, no to yes, they have a... They have a Whoever's done the music for this, I don't know who the musician is. Do you know who the musician is? Who did, Robin who of the, the Wood, the I don't, don't. Not without looking it up. But like notes of yes, whoever's doing these tunes has a knack... For doing short loops that don't become annoying. Yeah, this one manages to pass the test a bit, doesn't it? So it's uh, yeah. But I think it's because it's, it's got that kind of rolling melody. So it's not you know it's just gentle in the background. Rolling melodies tend to be like that. So when it's a diddly 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 diddly, you know, when it's that kind of thing, it's kind of gentle on the ear. Mm. If they go for those kind of you know, if it's the first, because I think and also remember, it's not a, not something that's already in existence that's just been. They've taken the first eight bars and just looped it. So whenever they do that, because that's something that you would have heard in at some point, you'd have heard like Ron, you know, the Turkish Rondo by Mozart gets used a lot in games. Yeah, so you yeah. get that, you know, that did a little did a little did a little did a little did a little, and then you get that. But if that's just the first eight bars in looped, it's going to drive you potty. With this, you've not heard it before, so it's refresh, it's fresh, and in and, and it's not. I think um, I was watching a, a presentation from Eugene Jarvis, and he said um, one of the first rules of game audio is thou shalt do no annoying, and so this. Whoever does the music for this, whatever their per- that well, person's name is, is ironic. Good. I know Mission AD is Fred Gray in it. It's Fred Gray mm-hmm. in Mission AD. But just looking up a quick look up, same guy, programmer and artist, did Mission AD as did Robin of yeah. the Wood. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> they clearly have a knack of doing things that I like. Yes. It was uh, the people who did it. Just to give them their dues, Mark Dawson. I was the coder and graphics by Stuart Fotheringham. Yes. And both of those are also Goonies. You'd be pleased to know. <laughs> Hey, good old Goonies. Those Goonies do stick together. <laughs> we do. That's probably why I like this stuff. We do the uh, Goonie handshake. <laughs> that sounds positively disgusting. And I'm, weirdly, I'm getting a, um, a sort of a, a horror movie from the 80s vibe about the whole thing. <laughs> it's, uh, it, inc- it includes bending your arm backwards. Uh, no. <laughs> I didn't know they did that. I didn't know Robin of the Wood and um, Mission AD shared 
P- same people who made it. There you go. Yes. I, I've learned something new I today. I didn't know that. Yes, that's exactly it. And, and talented people they are, because both of those games are graphically very clever. Yes. And I think they, they must have looked at the Sabre Wolf port in the Ultimate Play the Game kind of 64 mm. games, you know, and they must have looked at them and gone, do you know what? Why are they doing it like that? <laughs> Just do it like this. Tickly clackety click on the old 64 keyboard and hey presto, rub it yeah. up, well animated. Yeah. I suspect it's the same the same people who went later down the line when you play the Sacred Arm of Antirad go, why Why is everyone doing these tiny little stick men figures? Let's just put a massive full-grown naked man animated. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> what they do is Sacred Arm of Antirad. He's oh, naked Antiriad, at the yes. game. Yeah, he yeah, is, yeah. yes. Well, he's, he's got a loincloth on, hasn't he? I hope so, because otherwise he's... Uh, Eight bit schlong would be flapping about, and that's <laughs> Very, just unpleasant. Other, otherwise, he's he's in need of some manscaping. It would explain that kind of <laughs> sound as well. It was just covering up the sound of his slappy slappy noise. <laughs> it'd be, a, it'd be a slow whistling, <laughs> <laughs> a whistling, and a, just a, a just a faint clapping sound. Now, as, as he's running, it's kind of a. <laughs> That's horrific and terrifying and ruining that game now. Oh, uh, Sacred Arab Antiridon. <laughs> but um, we'll come to that much later down the line, of course. Uh, we will do, yeah. So Robin of the Wood, we like Robin of the Wood. Um, we do. Very, very much so. So go play that because that's good fun. Same of which cannot be said for our next game. No. Which is... Chimera! <laughs> Chimera! <laughs> Chimera! <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, just to just for you to understand what we did, I'm going to ask you, Graham. At this point in something, please insert the speech. I'll do it, but I'm only point. doing it once. I'm not playing the various versions because I found it. It kind of put my teeth on edge. I was like, oh god, it's horrible. It's horrific. Chimera. So uh, yes, our next game is Chimera. Chimera. Um, <laughs> Oh, Chimera. What can I say about Chimera? My first comment on Chimera that I noted down was that the instructions said that the first DOA sequence or the d- destruction sequence needs a spanner. <laughs> I was like, well, this, this, you know, I'm a, I'm a high-tech guy going to a ship in space and better better, better find a mm. spanner. Because if I've been sent on board a self-destructing spaceship without even a spanner, they're not, they've not prepared me very well. So, and also handy that they have a programmable self-destruct. I do like the... Uh, the title screen. Uh, I feel it needs a mention. Looks like <laughs> I'm not quite sure what it is. It's some guy with something on the strap of his back flying towards what is a pirate ship floating in space. When I think yeah. of spaceships, that's literal. I mean, that's really literal. Yeah. Yes. It is a little bit silly, isn't it? That because <laughs> you're not on a you're not on a pirate ship when in the game. It's just weird. There's just so much perspective <laughs> error in that that it's ironic. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't get and it. I think that's meant to be a jetpack on his back, but considering you don't play that character at well, all, it, that's quite interesting. That's the, char- that's the shape of the thing in the game, is it? But I thought it was a robot. Well, I but, thought that as what? well, sort of thing, but this begs Maybe questions, not. and these are the questions I had for this game. I'll put them, you know, I didn't enjoy this, all right? I'll, I'll, I'll say that from the start. I didn't particularly enjoy Chimera. So what is what is Chimera? Chimera is Night Law, Batman, Head Over Heels... You get the picture. It's an isometric, flick screen, isometric adventure thing. You know, according to that, this was only the second one we'd had on the C64 with that weirdly angled and Escher angled thing, Silo mm. being the one before it. So at least Chimera does get the angles right. I'll give it that. What I didn't understand, so you you go to the ship, there's, there's a hostile ship, pirate ship by the looks of things, that has taken up orbital position above the Earth with its weapons armed 
And so in typical human fashion, we decide the only way to deal with it is to send someone on board to turn on the self-destruct sequence that we know is on board. Nobody actually says how we know. It's an alien spaceship. But anyway, you, you, you go on board. Now in the screenshot, the, the thing, you are a man in a spacesuit. But in game, you are some kind of robot-y type thing. I don't know. It's just a droid of some stuff stomping around. That However, you have two stats, food and water. So I can only presume you. I can only presume you are in that suit, which looks really mm. uncomfortable. Yes, hugely uncomfortable to be in there. The thing that would kill me most, more than the radiators that destroyed me quite often in this thing. Mm. So this is a this is a, a a suit that has been through the you know the the empty harsh vacuum of space and can't stand being near a bloody radiator. No, because if you stay too long near a radiator, it just it dehydrates you in seconds. It's like mm. it must be emitting so much salt. <laughs> that it just like it's just dra draining every bit of moisture from your body in moments. But luckily, you can wander around as a robot and find bread. <laughs> Why is bread on an alien spaceship? Yeah, and <laughs> surely you have to lift your visor to eat it and don't. Well, just don't. Is, yeah, but this 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 leads me down a whole thing about these aliens have have learnt how to make bread. So they've got a whole agricultural system going on back home. And how long have yep. they been travelling? Because this bread would be mouldy by now. Yes. Unless it's come out of a freezer. Space bread. But unless it's come out of a freezer. But with the amount of radiators on board, it's pretty bloody warm. Well, it just seems... I mean, that might be why they're making bread, because all that warmth would prove red really quickly, wouldn't it? It'd double its size, all that dough. <laughs> Just, um, this so, game no, makes a, no sense. No, it doesn't, does it? I, I picked, ate some bread, drank some water, I found a computer. Anything else I did just led me to instantly die. Uh, with a, yep. a horrific scream. <laughs> yeah. Horrific bit of speech screaming. I just put a stupid game with no logic behind any of it. I'm sorry if you made this. I'm sorry, but I don't expect much in my game sort of thing. But if I'm, a, if I'm a robot, I shouldn't be killed by radiators and I shouldn't eat bread. Yes. You might like it. I don't know. Did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought maybe, maybe it's 395 price tag might give it some, you know, some dues. Bit of, bit it doesn't. Uh, yeah, so it's that isometric game. And I've been very clear about how I feel about isometric games. I don't like them. And I think I figured out why the angle's kind of weird, because obviously it's medium res, this game, which means it's cut colourful-ish. It is, yes. But on the C64, medium res means that it's actually every pixel is kind of two pixels wide and one pixel high. So everything's rectangular. Now, if you want to experiment... Get yourself a piece of graph paper and draw it, colour colour in some blocks in the horizontal and the vertical. And then colour in an exact 45 degree angle. And you'll see that that's at 45 degrees because it's one block, then another block upwards in an angle and you go up like that. Now try doing it from the same axis in the corner there, but do it two pixels across and then go up and then two across and you'll see what angle you get. And it is not 40, quite 45 degrees, is it? No. And the problem with doing that is that... I, and I don't know if it's just me, but I found that that meant that the angle you're kind of playing the game at meant that there was things in the way, so I couldn't see. Oh, yeah, there's loads of things in the way, yeah. Because Well, the thing is, if you imagine if the game was at 45 degrees isometric, you would actually be able to see from a higher viewpoint, so you'd see more of the, the things and the obstacles and things. Because it's kind of a bit flatter because of the resolution, I think things get in the way. So I couldn't see what I would kind of navigate around. I couldn't make me worry around because it's kind of a maze, but there was things I couldn't quite tell what they were. And uh, like you say, there were some rooms that changed colour, I think you have to build a bomb at some point and blow things up in there, and you've got to do that to activate some kind of warheads or something. Anyway, long and the short it was, that's by the by, because I was killed repeatedly by radiators and by trying to use the wrong tool with the wrong thing, and, and it's not forgiving. It's not that you have lives. Once you're dead, you're dead. Yeah. Do you know what? We had this with um, Willy, Willy Wobbler, didn't we? William Wobbler, with this one-hit-death thing. <laughs> Willy Wobbler. 
Yeah, <laughs> we're back to our safe area of Tiri Dong. <laughs> but with with those games, with one hit death games, you know what? They're not fun. And no, there's really no save, I mean, and the thing is, this has got, actually got a good Rob Hubbard soundtrack. So the one saving grace for this game is that the Hubbard soundtrack is great. Yeah, I really is, like the Camera soundtrack. Good, it is a good piece of music. Yeah, everything else, including that god awful speech, is awful. I don't like the isometric angle because it blocked my view. I found it cooler was, and I also noticed that it had that awful trappings of isometric games on the Commodore 64. When there's nothing happening, it's nice and speedy. Put something in there that moves or animates, and it all starts to go through treacle. Mm-hmm. And I hate games that do that. It's one of my pet hates, which is why I hate the game Head Over Heels, but we'll come to that down, later down the line. And don't even but get me started the, for, on Fairlight. Yeah, that's what I mean. Fairlight, those games, when as soon as the action gets heavy on a C64, when it's isometric and in this kind of resolution, even in medium res on this one, just slows down. Mm. And that's potentially down to the way that you have to code something. I don't know the ins and outs of it. So it didn't hold my interest. I just found it was wandering around a blocky maze with my view obfuscated periodically by a weird jaunty angle bizarre color schemes that didn't mean anything and i got killed by a radiator in a spacesuit or a robot i thought it was a robot i didn't quite understand why i needed water and food but i guess maybe that explains it but none of it made sense so it was 3.95 i would never have spent funny enough I, I listened to the music but i never played the game and i had i had dabbled with it way back then i think i borrowed it off somebody or from jm software or something i'd had i had played it before but i remember it was one of those load it Play it for a few minutes, get frustrated and go, eh. So, and I just remember thinking, right, I'm going to listen to the music then because that was about the best thing about it. And, uh, you know, there's a few games where I did that. This was one of them. So, no, no Chimera. Chimera off for me. (laughs) And that stupid speech just, you know, there's a few of these where it's thrown in for no good reason. The way the Exploding Fist may have set a a benchmark for introducing your game with some kind of loud, obnoxious sound. But uh, there's no reason to scream Chimera at me. I was like, oh, and then do it again as soon as you press this play button yeah. to start the game. Chimera! I, was like, I know different... I'm playing Chimera just it's a shrill and tone. annoying. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. It says Chimera, Chimera on the Chimera screen. Voice. I can read. Yeah, I read the box. It said Chimera on that. I don't need it you know, shouting at me. Every time. There'll be another game we'll look at um, next week that is even more egregious with its speech. Yes, yes, there is. But, um, um, we'll come to that, which is uh, another cheapy, another cheapy, but... Yeah, I mean, oh, I'm not oh, looking oh, the, the price, speech. you know. If you no, like no. isometric games for three ninety five, it might keep your interest, but I doubt it. But it's worth buying. It's worth downloading the SID file if you're a fan of the old SID chip. And mm. listen to the old Hubbard soundtrack for Chimera because it's one of his better ones of that time. So indeed, I'll, pro- I'll maybe probably tweet it at some point. Maybe yes, like yeah, bit, it's, it's, good, it's quite good. It's a good one. It is a yeah. good one. So there you go. No, we don't like Chimera, or we don't like no, Chimera. Do Chimera. 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 No, no more Chimera. No. Right, so let's move on. To our next game. Right, so if you've listened to our awards episode, you will know that this game won Crapvert of the Year. And for that, you know, it will ever forever live in ignominy. Um, <laughs> that game is Metabolis, the Birdman game, with the head of a bird and the bird of a whatever. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> the brain of yes, a man. Had- the brain of a man <laughs> trapped in the body of a bird, except on the advert, it was the body of... No, it was the body of a man with the head of a bird. Yes, it's, <laughs> too much they got bird it all bulge. wrong. Yes, they got it all wrong. <laughs> it's horribly Those wrong. So, evil Kremins. <laughs> the evil Kremins. So this game is obviously Metabolis. I don't. It, does that even make any? What is the hell is Metabolis anyway? Is it metabolism? It doesn't even mean anything. Metabolis is the game, and so go on, go on, have at it. 
the land has been invaded by the evil Kremens. <laughs> and they magically turn all your friends and family into lesser beings, remember? The lesser beings being mice and birds. Of mice and birds. Of George mice and, birds. mice and birds. It's the whole alternate version um, <laughs> where George got turned into a seagull-headed creature. <laughs> He didn't mean he just pecked people to death. Anyway, so you are the aforementioned you, know, you are the aforementioned bird man, man bird. It doesn't really matter. It's not gonna help this game. No. Essentially you play a budgie. Yeah, you are bird man, man bird. You you have to defeat the Kremens and break this evil spell. When the Kremens, the um, the characters from the um Kenny Everett animated thing. I to remember them. Anyway, go on, sorry. So it's okay. So basically, wandering around a sort of uh, multi-screen world, looking for the magic potion that turns you back into a human. Before you do that, you've got to collect bizarrely four pieces of some nuclear fuel to place in a reactor room to blow up the domain to help a wizard to break the Kremlin spell, <laughs> as well as find the potion just randomly. It's just because finding the potion wasn't hard enough, you see, so they had to throw that in. So you're the bird man. So guess what? You can fly around and you fly around the screens, encountering different kind of creatures. You kind of get where this is going, so you can afford. You can find like a his deadly boomerang. You know, I, I don't, <laughs> right. so, could you say that with any more, <laughs> any more vitriol and like, <laughs> and just sheer sheer exasperation? A deadly boomerang. <laughs> well, the thing is, right. Because this this game is, as you can dis- as you can tell by my description. So you're flying around trying to solve, not only find a potion, but also help the wizard to blow up the reactor room to destroy the spell. You've also got to find your boomerang and use that to kill. And there's enemies all over that drain your energy, but you can find energy pills to keep you alive. But there's different kinds of energy pills, and you can rest if you want. But and and it's like it's just this game is a weird mishmash of so many bits of other game ideas thrown into this kind of melting pot and none of them the good ideas <laughs> so they're just kind of some so they just went so this when you play the game there's bits of attic attack in there because at one point this it looked to me like they'd almost robbed the chicken graphic from attic attack and put it in there so there's a bit of attic attack there's bits of notes of yes odd in there the kind of look weird look and feel of it the way you kind of mm-hmm. go around there's just these bits of other games uh there's this, bits of uh, no, i'm wolf. not doing any Yes, there's just bits of all of them. There's no... It's If you imagine, if you take it, if, if you take the last sort of 10 average underworldy ultimate type games and get all the crappiest bits of those, throw them into a story that makes so little sense, it's beyond belief. You know, Birdman, Man, Bird, Spell, Kremlin, it doesn't matter. You're wandering around trying to collect stuff, but the seeming stuff that has no real meaning or point. And so you end up with this weird non-playable game where you're just flapping around and walking about and picking up chickens and it's just stupid and then the playability is kind of weird and the graphics are kind of colorful um it's the best i could say they're kind of they're just it's just weird it's a weird idea for a game with a really weird central premise with so much borrowed crappy gameplay that none of it makes sense and a central idea that's just kind of i think it must have just been they got all the different it's a bit like a david bowie album when he did lyrics i think it's just like a cut-up technique they just picked random things out of different games i don't i don't get it so it's I, I my final point on this was that this is a classic game design by committee, and the famous thing is that a camel mm-hmm. is a horse designed by committee, right. and this is a perfect example of that. This has got so many ideas from so many people throwing it. I'll tell you what, mate. You know what? Make him a bird, man. No, what, he should be a man bird. All right, make him both. <laughs> it's, it's just so many <laughs> stupid ideas in there. What, what about the Kremlins? They've cast a spell on them. Well, they've turned everyone to chickens. Well, make them right. I don't. Know. It's just there's just so many. It's clearly, it's, this one person sat there with all these influences around him and thought, you know what? 
I'm going to put everything into this game. All of your ideas are so cool, I can't pick just one. And what you end up with is, is this metabolism, which is just a melting pot of stupidity formed into a game, which then you know affronts you with the boomerang throwing Birdman. And you think, at what point when you were making this game, did you just not go, hang on a minute, this makes no sense. Why, am I, why, why have I got a Birdman throwing a boomerang at, 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 and picking up chickens? Why? How why am I throwing doing that? it? Well, yeah, because it's, it's, don't just, you know, <laughs> if you try and apply any kind of logic to this game at all, you'll find that it's uh, it's a bit like unraveling uh, some kind of uh, equation. And, you know, that can be a dangerous thing. I mean, look what happened with Einstein. He figured out black holes and space-time travel and all that. And then in the end, it ended up being a massive bomb which blew up and killed loads of people. So don't try and figure out the logic of metabolism. It could have earth-shattering, disaster-like capabilities. Just accept that there's a man-bird, birdman, who can throw a boomerang with what? I don't know. I'm guessing with his bulge. So he's, he emits boomerangs from his bird bulge, man bulge, whatever that might be in there. We don't want to know. And for some reason, you've got to find a potion to change your back. But also, for some reason, that doesn't just do it. You've got to help the wizard blow up a nuclear reactor. It still baffles me why that, but there you go. Anyway, Why would that's you combine my take it? it? Since when do wizards <laughs> muck around with nuclear reactors? Those two things, like science and wizardry, don't go together. And why didn't the Kremlins, Kremlins, the Kremlins change in? Because he's still a wizard. He's not a, neither a mouse or a man or whatever <laughs> they changed him to. Who knows? You know, birds or a mouse is he's, he's, uh, he's a wizard. So anyway, <laughs> so that's uh, that's uh, metabolis. He got exactly fifty percent in Zap, which is way too much. Way, 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 way too much. Way. My my thought. I'll. I'll to be fair, it's not not far from what you said, just a bit more um, concise, I think. I put Jesus and we thought the advert was bad. <laughs> I put flick screen absurdathon. Yeah, absolutely right. Flap and walk whilst pursued by random nonsense. The graphics are a portmanteau of stupid absurdity and the screens make little <laughs> sense. The tone is all over the place. Rubbish. Yeah, I could have said it like that. <laughs> I, could have, I could have said that. That's all I wrote because there was nothing more I needed to write. From one from one moment, you'll you'll be going the screen like the screen edges and the graphics on the screen will be like something. Then you'll be like sometimes it's two D and like like you're on yeah. platforms, and then other yeah. times it's kind of like Robin of the Wood style. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes sometimes like the, the graphics around the edge are like just a random just random colours, and then sometimes they're like. They've got like containers with missiles in. Yeah. Oh, I, I was like, what? The, what the hell am I playing? At what point? I don't. I don't know. It, it's the Again, weirdest see, thing. Again, see, that's that logic thing. Yeah, it is. It's just weird. It's just out and out. I mean, yeah, we said it about the advert right from the get go. We said this. It's just weird. Yeah. And, and, we and right. it just didn't stop, did it? It didn't no. stop. The, the weirdness didn't stop. I have a feeling, and it's just a just a, a feeling <laughs> that at some point there may have been mushrooms of some description <laughs> involved with the making of this particular game, either in the marketing department or in the development, or possibly both. Because there is no way that this idea could be pushed past <laughs> a executive unless they were completely off their head. Because you know? I imagine, actually, that there's probably a way of playing this game if you're into that kind of thing, that where it makes sense, and that's yeah, probably Fred the realm. Gray, Fred Gray did the music, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, he would never have played that game, I don't think. If he saw Metabolis, he'd, you know, he'd have just he'd have said, well, I'll tell you what, instead of using a piano, I'm going to just hit chickens with a stick and record the squawks, and I'm going to make that into the music, because it makes sense by, that way. This was made by Pedigree Software, and according to Lemon64, it is the only game by pedigree software well that explains a great well i'm not surprised because <laughs> they've got every game in it it's the, they've they just have. made every game and it's all none they of have. them are good no uh, no, no it's bad it's a bad game it's, a, no. it's you know it's 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 one of the most confusing things i've come across it's metabolics is what it is <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. There we go. That'll do. <laughs> that'll, that, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> uh, let's move on. To our final game for this week. That game is mad. It's a mad game. What's that? Mastertronics Added Dimension, is that what it stood for? That's it, that's correct. Uh, it's the first of two that they released, so we'll be looking at. We'll look at the other one next week. This one is Hero of the Golden Talisman. Mm. Uh, would would have cost you £2.99 of your shiny coins. Zap gave it 78%. What did we think? Let's have a look. What did we think? What did I think? My first comment is, I'm in the water again. <laughs> Mine was, I dived. I got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in the water again. Let's get something out of the way first. I, I, I do remember this game. I do remember playing at the time. Sean Southern game. Yes, it is. It's a Sean Southern game, which I wasn't aware of. So, so Sean Southern, um, Kickstart, Kickstart 2, uh, Cosmic Causeway. So this time he's done a, a rather large flick screen arcade, advent- arcade adventure. Similar visual style-ish to main character. Although not really, but, but yeah, echoes of uh, Impossible Mission um, with that main character looks looks a bit similar. Don't run the same, not not quite as good. I try I try and be nice about this, it's, but I'm in the water again. <laughs> I just yeah. spent so much time in the bloody water, and now yeah. there, there, are, there are issues. This game has issues. It's quite. It's quite unusual. And once you do get past it, and you kind of understand it, you have that problem again, sort of thing, where the the jumping seems way too bouncy and not quite as responsive enough. The gaps are too big. Everything's just a bit too awkward. You've got to be right, real close, and then you know it's it's that diagonal jump. So pushing top right to jump, which not always works you're being bothered by random creatures that just come flapping on i don't know what they were were they butterflies are they piranhas in the water i don't know what they were there was some stuff essentially what this is sort of thing is you are the hero of the golden talisman the golden talisman is something that's kept this some city safe but unfortunately it's been split into five parts and you've been tasked with going to recover these five parts of the golden talisman uh, and they're in this big old labyrinth of screen which you have to navigate and puzzle your way through it's a big old game there's like 500 is it 512 screens or something there's lots of screens going up and down swimming around you can only and, and i had issues with it because you spend so much time in the bloody water swimming and the only way to get out of the water is to jump onto a chain which is higher from the water than the edges of the platforms why can't you just climb out yes why not indeed I mean, uh, the, the, you can re- you can reach the chain but you can't reach it sounds like i'm going to the toilet you can reach the chain but you can't reach the edge <laughs> I thought horror. he was doing a Fleetwood Mac song. Doom. <laughs> you can reach the you chain. Can never reach the chain. <laughs> but I can reach the edge. <laughs> oh, Lindsay Buckingham. Maybe Lindsay Buckingham is the main character in this. That would make it a whole thing. Lindsay Buckingham is the hero of the Golden Talisman. Yes, it was um, the Fleetwood did, Mac game. Uh, I did put, he, 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 you know, you move around. Um, you look. Your main character seems a little arthritic. Is what I noted. Yeah, it's uh, a bit, a bit choppy, <laughs> isn't it? It's just a bit. It's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit choppy. His animation's not that great. Um, there's there's a lot of game here. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's a Sean Southern game, so there's a lot of stuff here. And there's lots of, but it's just so awkward to navigate. Um, and you just spend so much time. You miss a jump. You're in the water again. You've got to fly around. You've got to swim up. You've got to get back on the chain. Jump off. Try the jump again. There's things flapping around. I, you know, I like the fact you have plenty of health, and the things don't really bother you that much. You don't lose that much health. You know, it's the navigation that is the real problem. But for two ninety nine, I imagine if you bought this at the time, you'd probably persevere and get on with it, sort of thing. But playing it in the here and now, it's just too awkward to control. I just, and it just, it was just, I found it very frustrating very quickly. Um, you know, I opened up a causeway, so I opened up a, a portcullis that led me to 
I, I, I found a dragon. Did you find a dragon? Um, no. No, there's, no a, there's, a, there's a dragon which I was like trying to shoot, but I don't know. You had to jump and shoot it, sort of thing, and it, and it wasn't dying, so I just went on and then I moved and fell in the water again. And I was like, oh, I'm in water again. Mm. <sighs> yeah. You know, it should be called Hero of the Golden Armbands. Um, <laughs> the amount of time I'm in the bloody That's water. So true. Um, bloody true. Yeah. Did you did you find it similar? Did you? Yeah, it's exactly the same story. I, I ran about, dive, well, fell in the water really more than dived, I suppose. Yeah, you do. Thought, don't, oh, yeah. Okay, underwatery game. You know, okay, I could do that. Couldn't get out of the water for love of the money. I tried, I tried, I tried. Swam around. <laughs> Graphics were good. Tried, swam around some more. I felt like there was loads to do, but it, I was kind of stuck underwater, going, hmm. Probably loads. To, I bet this game's massive, but I'm kind of stuck in the swim pool. And, <laughs> you just jumped to the then, chain. Yeah, I just I tried just moving about, and I just I find it. You know, tiresome. It was just, I knew it was going to be tiresome. It just didn't feel very slick. There's clunky little bits around it. There's some nice, there are some nice touches. There's sort of the, this, this, the way the display map worked on the screen was quite nice. And because that sort of, yeah. um, it showed you areas of the map you hadn't been in. And it was, that was quite, there's some nice little touches here and there. But, and it's, and it's 512 screens, this game. So it's nice. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's a whopper, isn't it? Um, just, you know, it's, you're going to need, an, you're going to need a bigger map, aren't you, for this? Just, you know, you're already <laughs> mapping Robin of the Wood. Now you've got another one to map. You're going to need more um, paper, like A3 for bit three paper quid, from the art college. Yeah, for three quid, it's all right, I suppose. If you like these kind of explorathon graphic adventures, mega screen, multi-screen things, and you, and you, and you want for three quid, that's a lot of exploration and stuff. And you better like diving and swimming because there's a lot of that in this. Um, but, for me, we, it was just you know, it was. Can we, can we okay. mention the uh, the loading screen? Yes, I think you probably should mention the loading screen. The, the loading screen, I, I, <laughs> that don't look like the game I played. <laughs> no, uh, that is very sort of cartoon Batman. It's almost, isn't it? Yeah. So it says here of the golden cartoon, talisman. There's, there's there's a mix of fonts, so let's not go on there sort of thing. But our main character is in a suit. Uh, he's what looks like stood in some lava. And he's punching a, another character, and there's a pow and an R, and he's going wise guy, eh? <laughs> and mm. I have to say it in that voice because he's got to be in that voice, isn't it? You yeah, know, it's got to be his in a hat's dick- flying off, isn't and it? His, and his hat's right? flying off, but I, I, you were you were shooting what looked like butterflies to me. Um, well, yeah, and it looks also it looks like he's punched the glaive out of his hand, so he was obviously <laughs> stealing the glaive. <laughs> From Krull. Um, and he actually finds the glaive from Krull in a burning pit of lava. So it all adds up. It's all, it's all part of the plan. Ah, that does make sense now. So right. the golden talisman is actually the glaive. Oh, it looks like it there. So it's, missing a, it's missing a fork, missing a spoke. Yes, it's, uh, it's, 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 pre, spokes, it's an early version spokes. of the glaive. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's it's the, gla- it's the glove. <laughs> 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 call it the glove. <laughs> it's the glove, yeah. It's the glove. It's the old four-pronged glaive. It was never going to beat the beast, but it was quite handy in a battle. But he's lost it in that fiery pit. So yeah, it's just it's a weird. There's not like you say, but that is it's that shouts kind of James Bond, man with a golden gun kind of game. Yeah, it does. Which yeah. This ain't. And is this this is this kind of trying to be a kind of Bond-ish type adventure? Is that the plan of it? Because I suppose he's. I don't think so. It's fantasy-ish. It's set in some know. kind of weird fantasy world, according to what I read. It's some, some yeah, yeah, no, ancient I think, I city think protected right. by the Golden Talisman. Yeah, I yeah. don't remember that being the plot of uh, Octopussy. Uh, but there's lots of collecty bits in there in the game, and uh, just this loads of games like this. Um, and this one is just you know map, map-wise, you know exponentially bigger with <sighs> yeah. more watery bits. So just yeah. if you're going to play this sort of thing, you're going to have to perfect that jump. I guess yes. the word of warning I'll give to you: it's not it's not terrible. Mm. I mean, it's a Sean Southern game, so it's not terrible. It's just, it's just a bit dull, and you will yeah, find yourself dull, swimming a lot. 
for three quid. That explains it's seventy eight percent in Zap. I think. I sometimes I think, think they lean a bit that way. You know, they, this would if you took the price tag off and made this nine ninety nine, that'd be in the fifties. I think. I think so. Yeah. If I, yeah, like I said, I do remember playing this at the time and not being too bothered about it. I think it was okay, but I think I had this on some like copy tape or something. I don't think I spent mm. three quid in it. If I'd have bought this three quid. I think I actually bought what the game we're going to look at next week sort of thing in place of this because they came out at the same time. Mm. Um, maybe I should have bought this instead. don't know. Anyway, maybe. who knows? Uh, so that's Hero of the Golden Talisman. If you, you know, if it's just another one. It's another one. So there you go. That's our games for <clears throat> this week. We've looked at, what have we looked at? Cronus Rift, uh, Goonies, Fighting Warrior, uh, School Days, uh, Robin of the Wood, Chimera, uh, Metabolis, uh, a hero of the golden talisman. Um, so that's what we've looked at. Um, and obviously the music from 19, uh, January 1986. If we're going to shove a couple of games in, we've not done this for a while. Actually, we should get back into doing this. Be a bit more, be a bit more thorough. Um, you want to shove a game in into our you should playlist? Um, Robin of the Wood. Yeah, I, I, I would echo that. I'd probably shove in Coronas Rift as well. The two biggies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Robin, Coronas Rift, you might get along with it. You know, essentially what we said about it. And Robin of the Wood is definitely worth a play because it's very good. Um, yeah. Those are our um, two. Metabolist goes on the bonfire. Oh, Metabolist. So. Jesus Christ. That and, yeah. <laughs> that, School it's, days. It's yeah. just weird. Just weird. Um, yeah. Okay, so before we go, we've got our usual look at um, some crap verts. Uh, we've got three crap verts to uh, look at here. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't look at these until you, until we get to this no, bit, do you? I like the freshness <laughs> of just seeing them for the first time. So and I'm glad because that is astonishing. Well, a selection. <laughs> so this me. is uh, uh, this is the Commodore 64 available soon. No, I think it's already out. Um, this is Agonautica. Uh, <laughs> Which is not what the logo says, by the way. Is it not? Oh, is it, or, <laughs> it looks uh, like it says Argonavtica. Well, I think it's one of those where they can't have curves, so I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Because, and then down the side is Jason. Jay, I think it's Jason and the Jason and the Golden Fleece, but they ran out yes, of space. <laughs> they, they just <laughs> some Jason is downwards, and the is hor, you know horizontal. So Jason is vertical, yeah. and the is uh, horizontal. And then Golden is under Jason vertically and Fleece is next to it vertically. It's yes. just a, a horrible mishmash of placing words and obviously run out of space. Yes. Um, so it can't decide is... whether the uh, Jason is Greek or Roman either, <laughs> looking at that. So it <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter, right? It's not kind of, you know, Greeky Roman y stuff. What does it matter? <laughs> that, is a matter. that is a Roman helmet, isn't it? That's a Roman centurion helmet, yes. Yes, that's what I thought in fact, as well. That's, in fact, that's kind of like a um, equivalent of a kind of a uh, legionnaire. So, the, like the boss man of a of a hundred soldiers would wear that. Yeah, and is that uh, a Roman Roman sort of skirt as well? That is know. very much a well, possibly. It's not called skirts, <laughs> but, but yes, it potentially is, is it? a Roman. It's it's got an official Latin name. It's called a, a skirtus. Skirtus. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, the Latin. So, <laughs> oh, I see you. I see you're wearing your skirt of skirtius. Skirt, skirt of skirtius. Yes. Um, so yes, what he isn't is looking very Greek. No, he's um, wearing his helmet. He's pasty helmet-ish. for a Greek guy, isn't he? He's a bit white. 
You know, he's, he's been, he hasn't bit, been out in Greece very long. He's not, no. He needs a bit of a vitamin D. <laughs> he does, um, yeah. And, and, uh, I presume and he's already he's got the Golden Fleece because that kind of beats the, defeats the purpose of the game. If the idea of the game is to get that, he's already got it in the opening picture there. So. Yeah, he does, yeah. Um, it's Arg- not, Argonautica it, makes no sense. Is it? Why do they just call it Jason and the Golden Fleece? Why, why this Argonautica nonsense? Yeah, because the I don't know where Argonautica comes from because the boat is called the Argo, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not Argo... So, Nautica is some kind of nautical. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not even the name of the boat. The boat no. is called. At least it Jason features the... large colour sprites. <laughs> it does highly detailed graphics and gameplay. I like detailed I game. I, I do like detailed gameplay. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's, you should always have that. And I've always liked arcade adventures from ancient Greece. I, I wouldn't have them. From any... they didn't find it there. I wouldn't have them from anywhere else. <laughs> no. Um, Someone's nipped back in time. Uh, just. Uh, co-opting you know roman greek myths it doesn't matter just but what's annoying is that the source material that sits behind that is such good stuff for a game i mean it might be a good game you can tell it's going to be good because you have to send off it it. (laughs) exactly you know because they did it there's a there was the game that wasn't a gift from the gods which was a spectrum game which was actually quite good even though it was a kind of wander around collect stuff kind of game it's quite a Mm. nice little game um i think that was that a denton game i think as well or something to do with them anyway um so this it will be nothing like that i'll be i'll be interested to see if we come across this on our journey um i will i uh i'm not holding out much hope for it though um, no. But there's such great source material in the Greek myths to make games. And later, later, later down the line, of course, we've got Myth, which is a game about that kind of thing. And that's yeah. actually really, well, really good. I was going to go a lot, lot later, later and say God of War. Yeah. Yeah. When you get way, way down, later down the line, yeah. and, you know, of, of course. So, you know, this if this is like an early version of God of War, 8-bit God of War, I bet it isn't. No, of course it's not. <laughs> no. no. God of War. No, that's no Kratos, is it, that? No, it's Jsos. No. Jason, yeah, yeah, well, it's not, Jason was Jason. Just, you know, the thing is, as well, I never found Jason what a particularly interesting hero. Or sound of a bit no. cool. I like the fact that they've not gone so muscular this time. That is he's good. Yeah, they've, just, they've not gone like knockout and Amazon warrior. No, he's, he's just kind of, no, no, absolutely. He's got kind of that. You know, he's he's, he's been working out with a bench there because he's got some pecs going on and a little mm. bit of ab. But he's got skinny legs. He's been missing his leg days. That guy, without a doubt. <laughs> And his arms are quite flimsy, floppy as well, although he is holding up an entire golden fleece with one arm, so don't ever mess with his left arm. For goodness sake, that guy could <laughs> literally rip your legs off because that's heavy. And that's the two two or three kilos of, maybe more, maybe more, sort of 20, 30 kilos of gold on his arm there. That's heavy. Yeah. It's a it's very just, heavy element, though. It's a strange old advert. I don't like that. Yes. The, the, the sky and the sea are a bit like, um, you know, He's paint, on a pier, paint, isn't he? One paint. would have to. One I'd my. No, he's on the boat. He's on the boat. He's on oh, the he's on boat. Is he? Oh, of course he is. Yeah, with no crew. Oh, it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> Don't know. Who cares? Let's move on. No, moving on. <sighs> this is a strange one. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Do you know, it's quite a well-drawn night, isn't it? It's very well. This, so the, our next, our next, our next one is the Evil Crown. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't find where this was actually coming out on, so I don't know if it's Spectrum or something. But it's the Evil Crown. Um, and the reason I picked this sort of thing is because someone's gone mad with the airbrush. Oh, haven't they just? They've you know they've shaded the hell out of that. Yeah, night. that's that's a heavily shaded night. I mean, it's a, well, yeah, it was pretty well drawn sort of thing. But it good is, lord, where is the light source coming from? You know, everywhere. It's, it's just got, <laughs> <laughs> it's got this the this Every, light everywhere. Sort of flashes on his suit of armor, which by the way is dull yet shiny, which is kind of strange. Yep. Um, which means that that light must be so bright that it's reflecting mm-hmm. off a dull suit of armor. So it must be like a you know, seven million powered candlelight. Mm-hmm. Burning, so it's there's a, there's a supernova occurring right in front of him, which is lighting up his dark matter armor. There, he's even got like a, a metal skirt on on that, which is weird. So 
I don't yeah. know what you call those. It's quite nice. It, it reminds me of how a level three student would draw a knight. The, the, one of the reasons I picked it sort of thing is, do you remember, um, I think it was Central TV? Mm-hmm. And he's got, is that not their logo on his shield? It has a, got a, it is a bit centrally. I'm sure, I'm is, sure yeah. that was Central. Or the, Big Brother. The, the eye, it was the, the, that weird sort of, I'm sure it was Central TV had that kind of like inter- yeah, interlocking right. eye. Eyeball yeah, logo, and, and so I was like looking at it going, and remember Central? Did was it Central TV who said they love Tim loves cricket? I'm wondering whether this is mm, they're involved. <laughs> I quite, you know what? I quite like that top image. You know, as much as that it's not is head on and stuff, but I like the background. I like the fact that it's you know it isn't running away from you know, geometric shapes or something really stupid. It's actually yeah. a battle going on behind him, albeit that he is quite away from it, so he's clearly just legged it. He's clearly so legged it, not... something, sort of and, and the, the the background is going on, you know, in some kind of red haze. It's a bit. It yeah. reminded me and of then, um, it reminded me of the Excalibur when that sort of t- the fight yes, at the end of that. Yes, it's got that yeah, that awful rear projection moment in October. Yeah. Don't want to think about that. But you get that great image at the top. It is quite good, albeit the lighting's weird. And then you get to the logo and it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, it's just it's an Evil Dead style font for want of a description with a really weird crown. It's almost like it's if if this game was kind of a a variation of a Wicker Man type game. So a weird cultish type game. You'd have a font like that and a weird symbol in it. So what that all equates to, I don't know. How that equates to a knight running away from a battle with the central TV logo on his shield, I don't know. Um, but I'm guessing it's, uh, no. And it says it's in it's in feudal England. Well, yeah, I can tell you now, knights a... didn't wear that kind of armour in feudal England at that, in, that, in that era. No, <laughs> there does seem a bit of a mix of people in the background of, the, of sort of, you know, armour styles. Sort of... Yes, Anglo-Saxon type helmets, sort of thing, and this big old yeah. suit of plate armor. It's a bit mixed yeah. of a uh, bit mixed, but yeah. So this is some kind of like I don't particularly like the you know the um, the actual premise of the game seems a bit you know a bit mean. You basically do um, in these days you are not elected to anything. What you want, you take. Do unto others before they do oh. unto, do it unto you is the motto which you as Baron Baron that's who you are live by. Mm. The past success is an easy one to travel. Total self-interest is all that is required. Starve the peasants, amass a personal fortune, and overthrow the king. The killing of a few opponents in the jousting tournament can only enhance your uh, notoriety. One more thing you should know. If you try and fail in your quest for the evil crown, you will be executed for treason. Fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> I like the way it says, um, the evil crown, an icon-driven animated simulation game. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I thought it, that image doesn't shout icon-driven simulation game no. at me. It shouts kind of fighting fantasy anyway. Well, okay, yeah, that's, that's it, really. And it does say it's for the Commodore 61 Spectrum, so there you go. Yes, it does. Um, okay, our last one. Um, it's not a terrible one. The, 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 I will say this, okay, as, as we're doing these crapverts, the adverts are getting better, okay. But there are certain elements to certain ones and sort of thing that um, I, I do like to pull out. So this is the advert for CRL uh, Blade Runner. Um and and so the reason I picked this sort of sort of thing is just the the angriness, the angriness of these characters, um, that bottom right one, um, I, and his eye, his eye looks weird. Yes, just, there's just, some anger in there, isn't there? He is the, very very angry at that. Do you find the premise of the subtitle on this a bit odd? A video game interpretation of the film score by Vangelis. That seems to me they, hey? they that's all they could get the rights <laughs> to. <laughs> So he's just pissed off with that guy because he's playing the wrong track on the CD player in the car. So he's <laughs> took him out and just booted him into the mud. Never play track four on my CD player. Told you before. Get out. Oh. Weird. 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 Weird way of licensing a game is to it, license it's, its soundtrack. It is very much so sort of thing. But yeah, there's a. It's just. I, I just like. 
that doesn't scream Blade Runner to me, um, from what I remember of the film. I mean, I don't know who he's supposed to be. Um, you know, is he pointing somewhere? Is he pointing a gun at him? And he's pointing off to the left. It's it's just a weird, you know, bit of a mishmash. I suppose that's one of the flying cars, isn't it? But it, you know, yes, it is of one all of the things you could have done from Blade Runner sort of thing, which is like the, you know, the neon technoir like landscapes and everything you could have probably done, which would have probably sold you the idea of Blade Runner more, you know. Having one angry man shout at another angry man while pointing a gun at him. Well, yeah, he's meant to be decadent, isn't he? There is a hint of Harrison Ford in that character holding the gun. A little hint, I think. You reckon? Okay, so who's the one? Is that supposed to be Roy Batty? Roy Batty, yeah, probably. Well, I'm guessing Roy Batty because there's only a few actual uh, Nexus. It's definitely not Leon and it ain't Zora. (laughs) (laughs) No, and it's not Priss. Or Priss. So I'm guessing it's Roy Batty, which is a bit disappointing because. But it can't actually be any of them because that would actually be taking something from the film that's not in the score. So it's probably um, Toy Catty. (laughs) <laughs> Bobby being, Batty being choice by Beckard yeah it, it will be a very you know it's a very it's a similar it's a simile isn't it but they're all co- they're all copies and clones of each other aren't they he's wearing Roy Batty's coat so, um, so I, reckon might be just, I reckon he's just nicked that yeah he's probably just stolen it yeah there yeah, is probably. you know it's not that, I don't that, know. that secret it's... that never happens in the film there's not a moment when when Deckard gets cross with Roy Batty kicks him out of his car and threatens him with a gun it's I don't remember that. No. no, that must be in the director's cut that I haven't seen. Yeah, it was just it was the it was the angriness of them that got me. And as you said, the video game game interpretation of the film score by Vangelis sounds weird. It is very strange. There CRL you go. though, CRL had a bit of a potted history of doing odd odd games, didn't they? Odd game licenses. So I think so. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I can't. I can't think of another game that CRL did. I probably. Yeah, you know, oh, that's because it's because it, they're not pressing. In the, but if you looked at it, you'd find that CRL. I think they did some of the horror games, didn't they? Like the Dracula and stuff like that. Oh and, yeah, maybe yeah. Probably yeah. inspired by the music from the. <laughs> from something. By the music he heard on the bus <laughs> over somebody else's Walkman. Probably. There we go. There's our crap verts. They are, they, they are getting harder to find these crap verts. Adverts are getting better. So, uh, but. Next, Not much better, uh, looking at that thing. Well, next week we've got some treats. <laughs> don't look yet. <laughs> don't look. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, right, okay, so there's our episode. That's it. Um, we've looked at those games. We've picked our favourites. We'll be back next week where we will be continuing our look at the games from uh, January 1986. What have we got to look forward to? We've got games like Ball Blazer. We've got games like Imhotep. 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 Thunderbirds. Uh, we've got games like uh, Willow Pattern and the uh, and the last V8, which must return to base immediately. Um, amongst <laughs> a few others as well. We'll also be looking at uh, TV and film from 19, uh, January 1986, which will include, obviously, Rocky IV. Um, so there you go. That's uh, this episode of Zap to the Past. I've been Adrian Mills. I have been Birdman Raddings. <laughs> um, and just before we go, actually, just to sort of say, we, we, don't, we very rarely actually ever do this sort of thing, but where can we find us? We can find us. Um, you find us on Twitter um, at, at ZappedToother. Um, we're always posting stuff on there, whether it's just clips or just stuff or just tweeting. If you want to message us, you can get us there. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, our page is Zap to the Past, or you can find the group, which is Zap to the Past. Come and like us and join us, and that'd be quite nice. And if you've got anything to say in any of the episodes or anything we've said or done, your message is there that's always grand and we'll we'll happy to have a chat 
You can find us on Instagram at Zapped to the Past. You can find our website, which is zappedtothepast.com, where you can find all the crap birds and all the previous issues, episodes, uh, and anything else we feel like sharing up there. Um, and finally, you can contact us. You can email us at zappedtothepast at gmail.com. Loads of ways to get in contact, loads of ways to get in touch. Find us, you know, tell us we were wrong, tell us we were right whether you remember stuff differently it's all up to you uh but those are how you can get hold of us uh so on that note i think we will say adieu adieu no adieu 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 so long farewell so anyway i'll say goodbye it's probably easier tata bye bye thank you for listening to the zap to the past podcast we hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, sights, sounds and news from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine published at the time. We will be back next week with another podcast, so do please join us. Until then, please head over to zaptothepast.com to sign up to our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. You will also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under Zap to the Past. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Graham Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe and see you next time.